Ready? Aim! There's too many! Anyone see my mammoth? Ah! Stumpy! Hello! Welcome back. It's another week. And this week I'm joined by Kurt. Look, it's Kurt, everyone. Hello! <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, no Ariakas, as unfortunately uh, uh, everyone here last week, if you're watching, uh, Ariakas started back at school today, so uh, he's a teacher. Um, so uh, yeah, I really hope that Clarence is doing well back at work uh, now that the summer break is over and we've officially entered autumn, uh, kind of, officially entered autumn. It's weird. I always think of September as autumn, but it's kind of still summer until a certain point. I don't really know how it works. Uh, I'm not good with seasons. In I'm not good with a lot of things for most people who've watched the show probably know that. Um, so, uh, yeah. How are you doing anyway, Kurt? I am doing great. Um, federal holiday today, Labor Day for everyone in the US. So happy holidays, everyone. And I'm um, happy to be here, Mickey. Uh, if it's Labor Day, does that mean that this is the day that you do labor in America? Is that how it works? <laughs> or the day you don't do labor. <laughs> I, I didn't think any Americans worked throughout the most of the year and then just worked on like one or two specific days. I thought that's how it worked. Yeah, no. yeah just one day a year. No, yeah. no. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, obviously Labor Day, um, which is uh, effectively very similar to, we get a holiday in like late August, which is basically like late summer. Um, and this is like a, a mock of it. It's like, a, we had ours last week. You get one this week. Um, so it's a very similar holiday, uh, and which means you're able to join us, right? Um, and this year is a very apparently randomly a very special labor day not like the u.s has got literally anything to do with what we're about to talk about um and uh <laughs> the day they gave birth it's the day they gave birth today <laughs> 1976 no. uh so um, Rampant Rambling said, new info about units the day of Tony Ground instead of after. Unheard of. He is right, or they are right. Uh, today we have heard about some new units. Um, and it, it's on two locations that are not on Labor Day. Two days not having their day off. It's uh, odd, actually, that this is news coming out of both Australia and France. Um, different places, opposite sides of the world. Basically the same information. Um, so we'll go through and I'll get Kurt's opinions on literally random things um, and we'll see how it all, all goes out. So uh, I'm going to jump to um, the French website, first of all, okay. um, and talk about the releases here that we see. So starting off with neutrals, we see that SIF 519, that is SIF 519 uh as the code box the codes of the boxes in case you uh, aren't aware have oh. those kind of codes yes uh lysendi cell swords as it says in french um so lysini for english speaking yes. people yes uh if we find exactly the same box on the australian website that uh, i've got links to um you will find that they are listed here as lysini Lysendi cell swords. I'm pretty sure it's meant to be Lysine. Um, Lysine, right? Lysine, one of the uh, states, the city states, um, free city states on 
Valeria, right around Valeria. Um, mm -hmm. A neutral box, right? Another another neutral box. What are you thinking? What are you thinking there, Kurt? What's your you hyped about another neutral unit coming out? I am hyped about this unit in particular, Mickey. Why? And I've only just now found out about it. Okay. So story time. I went to Gen Con, and mm -hmm. while I was at Gen Con, I got to talk to Fabio. And, mm -hmm. oh, man. So I was like, oh boy, Fabio, can I give you, like, one wish list item I'm really hoping to see? And he's like, yeah, you know, you can, you can throw it out there. I'm like, I really want to see Salad or San. Okay. I feel like that ties in here because he's from Lease, right? So, yeah, yeah. Like Cini Cell Swords, that could mean Salador San is on the horizon. You know, I could be getting my wish. The uh, the immortal Salador San. Um, he's not immortal. Anyone who says that I have never read the books or anything, he's not immortal. But no, yeah, he's immortalized in uh, in the ridiculous deeds that he quotes of of having done, um, and. Uh, is bigger than a bigger than life attitude towards basically everything right um he is uh he is quite literally if no one's read the books or knows anything about salvador san he is quite literally the definition of what a pirate is um <laughs> he makes you are a pirate <laughs> he makes like Euro euron don't get me wrong like euron is like meant to be this kind of piratey type right mm -hmm. he makes euron the eye like, patch and everything yeah, yeah he Euron's just kind of like, ah, oh, he's just a guy. He's kind of does all this kind of shit. He's not true pirate Salador San. Um, yeah. Yeah, Euron's like evil, mysterious. Whereas like Salador San, he's like your swashbuckler, your you know your Jack Sparrow, yeah. Captain, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously, really good news. Um, and it's another neutral unit. Uh, <laughs> Ilya in chat says why is it more expensive than other units is a bigger question which says uh, everything that we need to know why is it more expensive in terms of cost probably because it isn't released yet and uh, something that a lot of people don't know um, a lot of the later boxes specifically newer releases are actually going to come out at a, I believe a higher retail price um, this was actually a change that Seamon have had to make to effectively cover costs that have existed because of changes in shipping and other things. You'll see a lot of, uh, not big increases, but not tiny, tiny increases in costs to a lot of products because of that. Um, uh, they did actually a post about it. It wasn't related to A Song of Ice and Fire. It was related to basically everything they sell. Um, but of course, Song of Ice and Fire doesn't escape that. Um, so whether or not they're just reflecting those new prices uh, in the Australian uh, website, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, the real question is why are they probably going to be more expensive than they should be uh, <laughs> when you actually buy well, them I in mean, the box? <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, I don't know how things are over in the aisles for you guys, but over here in the States, we're seeing massive inflation right now. So yeah. part of that means your plastic toys cost more. But about, I mean, what about literal game cost as well? Are they going to be like a six-point unit that costs nine? We'll cover more of no, this later, I'm sure. No, I don't <laughs> think so. Inflation. Inflation. Inflation <laughs> in-game, yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. It has felt like that with Golden Company, right? A little bit. So uh, A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Um, You're paying for the name. 
paying for their name. God, that's uh, that's sad, isn't it? So uh, there's our first neutral unit. Um, uh, if anyone here is uh, is a budding uh, kind of like absolutely excited Lannister player, you'll be glad to know that there is jack shit for Lannisters. <laughs> um, but there is something for Starks. Uh, yeah. If we go to the French Stark list, you will French see uh, Sif 117. Now, this is actually one of my favorite reveals. Uh, we have the Cranagman Bog Devils. Bog Devils, okay. Mm. That's a name that's popped up in the books. Mm. I'm not entirely certain how that'll differ from Cranag Trackers. Literally no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm assuming it's some kind of like melee unit. For, maybe for maybe like of... maybe like a frog spear melee unit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think that would be brilliant. Like, a, if it's another cheap Kranog unit, like a Kranog spam style list, is something I'd love to try with mm -hmm. Howland. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, obviously like any of this. Um, I don't necessarily know if any of this is playable. Um. But of course, it's all going to be interesting, and it's all going to be stuff that we can try. Um, there is the other thing which we're expecting, and I think a lot of people have forgotten about them, but we're still expecting Karstark loyalists. Like, this is a box that has been rumoured to come out for ages, and is not out, right? Oh no, Karstark loyalists is out now, isn't it? Yeah, I was about oh, to say, they, they have uh, Preservation oh of Valor. I completely and, uh... forgot they even existed for a moment. <laughs> Holy hell. I'm going to have to edit that one. Nah. He's losing his marbles. Yeah, I am losing my marbles. And hey, I don't edit anything anymore. Um, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's just the Cranamine Bog Devils there um, that are due out. But that could be good. I think that'd be good. I think it'd be good. Uh... I think we can expect they'll probably have some hindering effect on your opponent maybe some mobility shenanigans maybe something similar to the, what we're seeing with martels right now yeah wouldn't, wouldn't be too far-fetched no um i'd like to see something I, I don't know i like to keep the poison mechanics uh kind of rare unique special unique yeah uh paul saying i'm going senile yeah i am uh dan reminding me of where i should remember them uh dan uh you're fired I, I, I don't own him in his career, but I'm firing him. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, so, uh, yes, Stark, Bog Devils. Uh, I'm excited. Stark are kind of like a a pet baby of mine that I enjoy watching and playing online, certainly. Um, and part of that is a uh, friend Dan plays Starks a lot at the club, So uh, and I love his Stark units, and they always make me think, oh, I wish I could play Starks, mainly because I just want to use his stuff. Um. <laughs> well, I think there is something to be said. Um, they're the main characters in the books. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's good for the brand when the main house has something going for it. You know, we just saw Luke mm -hmm. win Nationals. We just saw Starks win Canadian Nationals. So, I, you know, we can complain about, like, the state that 1.6 was when all you saw was Howland and Rob. But I think at the end of the day, I'd rather see Starks on top than maybe some other factions that are more obscure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Just personal preference on that. 
Yeah, I, I can I can understand that as well. I mean, and then everyone will have personal preferences of the factions they want to see on top. Usually, it will be the factions they enjoy playing, you know, uh, because mm-hmm. it means that you enjoy playing something that is also good. Um, but I, I, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for Starks as a general. I like Starks as an aesthetic, as an idea, and I like the list building that you can do with them, um, personally. Um there are very few factions in the game I dislike. Uh, interestingly, I actually really dislike Lannister list building, right? I don't enjoy list building Lannisters at all. I think it's boring. I think it's kind of rubbish. I don't, I'm not excited when I see any of their mechanics or any of their units that much. Even the good ones don't actually excite me. So, um, yeah, like Lannisters is one of the few factions which I couldn't give a toss about. Um <laughs> I'm not the a other, They're the second other biggest faction in, yeah, in, in know, the story, right? arguably. Well, the, the other one that actually, like, I'm not a massive Baratheon kind of like, I, I really don't get this Baratheon fandom kind of thing. I, oh, let yeah. me tell you all about Baratheons, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's just not my cup of tea. Don't be wrong, like, they're interesting, they're fun, they're just really not my cup of tea. Um, and I've always said, like, if Baratheon's a top dog, that's probably a bad thing. Because Baratheons being top dog, being a very slow and kind of defensive faction, probably means that there's nothing that can crack open the defensive nut that the Baratheons mm. can bring. And if, you know, we talked the other week about like a triple Queensmen list, if that truly is the best thing in the game, the game's just depressing. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> you know I don't I mean? think that's the best thing in the game. No, but, but, um, but, but I, if it was, I get your point. Yeah. If, you know, we talk about. Should the strongest offensive tool always overcome the strongest defensive tool, and yeah. vice versa? Like, I don't think either case should be, um, you know, hundred percent. Like, the best defensive unit's always going to overcome whatever attack comes its way, mm-hmm. and I don't think the best attack should always overcome whatever defenses or healing someone has set up. But I get it when you skew things to an extreme. That can certainly be a frustrating situation for your opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had a tournament this weekend where I could not overcome shields that guard the realms of men and all the healing that Night's Watch has at its disposal as a Baratheon player because Baratheons don't hit that hard. Um, so I get that frustration, right? I've been on both sides of it. Yeah. And it's it's not a criticism of the game at all, but it just means that those types of styles are aggravating to have to play against into. And I mean, every, everyone will have their preferences, right? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't like the idea of packing some ridiculously defensive units and walking them in a blob up the field and going, right, I've won. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, yes, <laughs> March. <laughs> um, so, uh, hey, the game's never been like that, so I don't expect it will be. Um, anyway, that was Starks. We've done neutrals. Lannisters are sad. Uh, Night's Watch would be glad to know that Night's Watch are not getting anything currently. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Martin says, miss the start of the game. Who's our handsome guest? Well, in case you couldn't read it, Martin, it is Kurt uh, Belisarius on the Discord channels. Uh, longtime Baratheon sufferer. And now, <laughs> longtime Baratheon enjoyer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you're, you're enjoying them nowadays, aren't you? Um, so... I've always enjoyed them, Mickey. I just, I love the pain. Oh, wow. Okay. I found out something uh, a bit more than I was <laughs> planning to find out about you today. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, next up is the 
inevitable purple Libres, uh, <laughs> as I love to purple call them. Libres. Purple Libres, yes. Uh, the Free Folk. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we see Sif 413, uh, the Blackfoot Raiders. Now, there is a potential here that the there might not be correct. This might not be right. Um, we've got Blackfoot Raiders, if we check the French uh, site. But if on, on Etherworks, which is the Australian one, I think it's on page two, I think, um, they are not Blackfoot Raiders, but they are listed as a probably much more exciting name, Frozen, Frozen Shore, Shore Hunters. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. I mean, initially, I'm just going to straight up say, if they are Frozen Shore Hunters, as the name, rather than Blackfoots, uh, mm. straight away, I think everyone's going to be very happy, um, in that it's another unit for Frozen Shore affiliation, the Great Walrus, to actually work off. Potentially, is probably going to be an infantry unit of some type for those that for that keyword to work off uh rather than just the chariots and the bears uh, and his unit of course so i think everyone uh, every free folk player is going to sat here being like hey if it's a frozen shore affiliation unit good that's a positive thing like because there's it matters right it has importance um it's like um like stark tully list having the tully keyword when is that yes. gonna bear fruit yeah, exactly. We want Tully keyword to matter, and it just turns out that Brynden doesn't care about it. <laughs> Which is just really stupid and weird. Um, it's been a while since I've read the books. Mm -hmm. um, were the Blackfoot clan tribes from the Frozen Shore in the books? I can't remember. Um, all I know is where they get their name from. Um, and the Blackfoot tribes quite literally walk barefoot, and they generate right. calluses, right? and so their right? feet are black, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about the, uh, the other bits and bobs. Um, hmm. No idea. See, interestingly, the Blackfoots are not referenced as where i thought they'd be so i don't know my read my uh my wikipedia skills are, are failing me so i'm gonna have to leave that one for now um mm -hmm. but yes uh frozen shore hunters potentially now there has been rumor which is kind of the bit that i don't want to ruin everyone's day with but i am probably going to ruin most people's days with this piece of information there has been rumor that that is a long ranged unit coming to free folk at some point if it is the frozen shore hunters that have long range i think a lot of people are going to be kind of sad uh okay well mostly uh so they say uh, and are saying they live in the frost fangs uh, and the hornfoot rather than blackfoot which is where that might be a french translation so just bear that one in mind. Okay. Yeah. You know, they call them Blackfoot, but could be Hornfoot. Um, yeah, uh, 
it could be these guys. If it is, I'd be pretty sad as a free vote player because it means that kind of like those frozen shore affiliations on a ranged unit, I'm less likely to get things out of like battle endurance on them and things like that because that's melee only. Um, it's not a bad thing. It just isn't. It's just not as kind of what I would want, perhaps. Uh, but it's also really bad for everybody else because everyone will be like, what do you mean free folk have a long range unit? They already have traps. Now I'm sad. <laughs> That's the angle I was thinking from. Yeah. Like, oh, are people going to be sad that free folk are getting another unit just because people love to hate free folk right now? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, just right now. I mean, all the time, right? Um, I guess we'll see. Uh, we will see. I, I would like to think... Um, well, I, I don't know. I, I expect them to be uh, a ranged unit. I mean, Hunters says to me ranged unit. Um, maybe they'll mirror something like the Night's Watch Hunters or um, uh, the now Sand Skirmishers uh, that we see for Martels. And if they're mirroring those kinds of units, I'd be very happy. Not because they're just good, because I want an expensive unit option that is viable in free folk um a six or seven point infantry unit would go a long way into varying free folk list builds because at the moment there's nothing viable infantry wise after five <laughs> which is just kind of fucking stupid um yeah so yeah anyway shall we move on to the next faction baratheons you're going to be really excited on this one kurt there's nothing new there, right? Nah, there's nothing new there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, hey, you can't sit here and say there's nothing new. We've got Baratheon's Hero 3 and 4, of course, which you're kind of like super pumped about coming out, right? Mounted we Stannis. We know nothing about them, really, but the pictures we've seen, right? Ma um, Mounted Stannis, right? You've got to be Stannis. excited. Yeah, yeah. Five champions of the stack. Here we go. Zero <laughs> NCUs. <laughs> Cavalry! Cavalry! <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, the fact that that becomes an option for Baratheons, I'm not going to sit here and say it's good, but the fact that that might become an option for Baratheons, and it might be, I mean, some people complain about Champions of the Stag massively at the moment, that might be the most hilarious meme list while also being pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> I don't know, we'll have to, we'll have to see what he uh, brings to the table before we can yeah. say if it's good or not. <laughs> Well, uh, what kickers did you get for all your cards? None! <laughs> no NCUs! <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, I think that'll be really interesting. Really good there. Uh, Brathian, of course, but still waiting on that. Targaryen? The long-awaited uh, Targaryen news has dropped, basically. I think this is probably... I actually think this is probably the most impactful news... And that is, we knew in Heroes 3 for Targaryen that we were starting to get the commanders of things like the Brazen Beasts and stuff come into the game. The characters are there. And finally, we see Sith 611. Yes. The unit, the Brazen Beasts, is being released. And I think people are actually really excited about that. A proper... It's not Stormcrow mercenaries. Mm -hmm. it, it is what we are expecting to be a proper... Targaryen cheap infantry unit. Um, yeah. th this is so, this is insane. Yeah. I mean, to put it in perspective, right? This is strictly speaking the first Targaryen infantry unit to be released 
after the Unsullied initial release. Yeah. So we just had a tournament in Kansas City this past weekend. Yeah. And um, Kyle Bruni Craig, who's a Hungarian player, he came up to play with us. And um, so we had conversations while he was in town. Mm-hmm. Took him to some Kansas City barbecue, showed him a good time. And one of the things that has, I guess, been a real annoyance for him as a Targaryen player is they don't really have a bunch of infantry options. Like, in his book, they have two infantry options, Unsullied Swords and Unsullied Pikes. Um, yeah. And then, like, all the Stormcrows, uh, kind of, eh. That, I just, and then was... there's Freedman, which is a solo base. Yeah. So, Brazen Beast will, in, in, a, in one light, be the third infantry unit for Targaryens. I mean, I think everybody, Targaryen, every Targaryen player, and I, I really called it what it was, I think, earlier today, and the way I view it, when Stormcrows were added as Targaryen units in the 2021 mm-hmm. rebalance, uh, I called it, I literally called it what it was, I thought it was a cop-out. Like, it was just, you didn't buy these guys because they weren't Targaryen. Um, now they are. Oh, great. So we didn't really get new units then. Yeah, I... it could help them with their neutral cap, but yeah, yeah, like helping someone with their neutral cap is not the way to make a faction good. <laughs> like <laughs> that—that's an issue. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Desmond in chat. Uh, are pikemen an option, really? I mean, they are. Well, there, there's the argument that the deck itself. It only really benefits cavalry builds, and really there are no viable infantry builds for Targaryens. Yeah. Now maybe we'll see the Brazen Beast Commander have enough commander cards that are infantry-centric that will make it worthwhile, but... This is actually, I mean, this is actually a very good point that we we haven't spoken about. Um, Brazen Beasts are potentially going to be bringing a commander, you know, within that Targ hero box for three. Um, that commander is coming, just like we expect with new Targaryen commanders, four commander cards. Right. That's been the theme anyway. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say you're saving the deck by removing one card from the deck and replacing it with another, but if his commander cards are very infantry and very well focused and he removes one of those cards from the deck which is not great for the for the kind of like non-cavalry builds i think you know i I think there's actually a very very good precedent to say that he might be a very good commander for the infantry styles gray worm isn't cutting it barry isn't cutting it um all of those kind of styles of commander just aren't doing the shift they need to do maybe it will be this commander in the box Maybe. Mm. And oh. then, you know, I'm not a Targaryen player, but would that even be a satisfying solution for Targaryen players? Like, okay, now you have Drogo and Raisin Beast Guy. Yeah. And those are your two choices. Are are you happy being locked into only two viable commanders, assuming he's even like seen as good? At this point, I would say that that's not a good result, but it's yeah. better than where they are. It's an improvement. <laughs> um, right. uh, Targaryens are pretty sad right now. Um, 
Greyjoy, everyone will be glad to know that Greyjoy is OP, and also Greyjoys are not getting anything, so screw those guys. Um, <laughs> although, if you're like did anybody... They, did they just climb in the rankings? Yeah, yeah, they've been climbing. Secretly climbing. Slowly. Making way. Slowly. Where are they right now? They are... They, they, they passed Targaryens. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Targs. Oh, man. Targs, right, literally, Targs are like, tar they're, they're the ELO, there's a massive ELO event on, as I'm sure you're aware, um, and uh, and I think there's a lot of Greyjoy players playing in that, a lot of people playing Greyjoys in that event, but also a lot of people playing Targaryens, and they're playing non-Drogo, and they're losing, because it's not Drogo. Because <laughs> it's not Drogo. Um, so yeah, uh, as part of, you know, the widest community, there are obviously other things going on. Um, Last but not least, we've got Martells. Now, Martells have only just come out, right? Mm. And there is oh, a oh. swathe. Yeah, you've been reading this. We have got... Now, I'll put this out there straight away, just so people worry. There has been some level of miscommunication on some of these units. And there is massive unsureness as to what the hell is going on with the names of some of these things okay those of you that are, uh, can see the french version here there is a unit out coming uh, coming out called the june vipers except the june vipers might already be out mm. right because it was believed it says June... Dune Vipers on the Australian site too. Yes. Right. But then it calls Vipers Guard the same box that the skirmishes were. The the sorry, the dervishes. Mm. So we do know, yeah, if we go back to the starter box, the initial reveal of the Martel starter did have Dune Vipers listed. I would suggest that June Vipers is the correct unit that we're looking at in 705. But there is a possibility that it could be this Vipers Guard unit. And those June Vipers that weren't in the starter did have their name changed to Vipers, uh, uh, Dervishes, potentially. No, I, I know what it is, Mickey. Yeah. It's, it's the Sandblasters. That's ah, the actual name. Sandblast. Sa Sandblasters. Sandblasters. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so we'll call them June Vipers for now. But they might not get released as June Vipers. There may be other things, but there is reason to believe they are June Vipers. Um, which is the most. Yeah, everyone's like, ah, oh, cool. June Vipers, awesome. But they're not the most exciting, right? I mean, the most exciting, you said it straight away. You probably looked at those other two and went. Oh yeah, that is House Dane Outriders and House Dane Knights. I am 99% sure anybody who likes Martells has just gone, oh baby, cavalry for Martells, and I'm excited. I mean, Knights, right? It, they haven't even held back the, the naming convention here. They've just gone straight in with House Dane Knights. This could be Foot Knights. Yep. But Outriders are most definitely going to be mounted, right? Yes. Uh, and, I mean, they're from... Uh, it links them House Dane, and then it calls them Starfall. If anyone doesn't know, mm -hmm. that is... Their seat. 
yes, it is the capital of House Dane. So, I mean, it's the same thing. Um, but, I mean, Starfall Knights, right, or House Dane Knights, these guys... Modern sculpts, right? These could make Knights of Castle Rock look like absolute shit sculpts. These could well be. I mean, is this the first knight unit that we've seen come out? Like, mounted knights. Full on, I'm expecting. Heavy knights. Since Champions of the Stag? When did Hedge Knights come out? You consider them uh... heavy... They're heavy like a cav. medium, right? They're a medium cav. They're a medium to heavy, I guess. Yeah, I guess the hedge knights are probably our best. I think the I think that the high garden Terrell Lancers... high garden riders are probably like call them lancers, like light yeah. lancers or something. Yeah. Um, but I'm expecting these guys to be Brickard, lance charge knights of Castle rock esque, um, Tully cavalier esque. Yeah. I'm 99% sure that um, I'm buying Martels now, so there's been that development. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was probably going to buy Martels as well. Um, <laughs> now I'm definitely buying Martels. <laughs> yeah. Um, Evil says he expects the Knights to be footmen, which is very interesting. I, I'm i not going to lie, I really hope they aren't. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I really hope they're So mounted. they have a heavy mounted unit and a light mounted unit like at the same time. Yeah. And if it's just like, and then even if they just make Starfall like the cavalry commander side of the faction, I'm mm. not complaining. Um, right. Uh, yeah. No, that'd be really interesting. Also, um, you know, specifically with seeing House Dane or Starfall, whichever one they choose to go with, uh, we are seeing directly an affiliation. Yeah. Um, and if we're seeing an affiliation, then that means we're going to see a probably a commander with that same affiliation um doug's saying it's unlikely that it's gonna be two cab for one side of the house yes you know two cab for one section might be rare but maybe they are just doing that to make it a cavalry like the cavalry is supplied by starfall who was the um, um the dame squire the squiring lord dondarian and the uh, brotherhood without banners that's pushing my knowledge a little bit um Edric, Edric, Edric Dan, yep, yeah, named after Ned, yeah. Yeah. Um, and is saying Gerald Dane confirmed. Uh, I would Darkstar, not be yeah. surprised if Darkstar is confirmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, if anyone doesn't know Darkstar, outside of the Viper, Darkstar is probably up there with being one of the most interesting characters that people want to see. of the night. Yes. Um, Edge Lord Maximum. <laughs> <laughs> he really is like Maximum Edge Lord. Wow, that is uh, that's true, isn't it? Wow. Um, <laughs> if you've not if you've not researched him, if you've not seen him, go and have a look at him. He is um, he is he is true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, he'd be really excited, right? He'd be really. <laughs> He was dork star. Um, uh, I expect him uh, at this point. I expect him to be in the game. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think that's exciting. That alone is exciting because um, he's a very interesting character. 
Um, I mean, yeah. Literally only Marwin likes him. <laughs> Marwin loves everything about everyone. That's, that's well, Fabio said, Fabio told me at Gen Con, mm-hmm. if Ooh. they were in the books, there's a chance they'll be in the game. And he is in the books. He is in the books. For all of like five seconds when he's discussed briefly, right? Like, does he actually yeah, even appear? He, he cuts off Marcella's ear, yeah. Oh, that's literally it, doesn't he? He literally turns up. Or we're we're told he cuts off Marcella's ear, but we don't actually see it. Yes. Because um, yes. I think we're in a area Hota POV, and he's busy taking out Arisokart. Yes. And then he turns around, and yeah. the whole thing with Arisokart's really weird, right? Because um, yeah, the whole that whole showdown with area Hota's perspective, where it's like, who the hell is actually fighting who? What the fuck is going on? Um, Chira Errol made it. <laughs> so there's hope for Darkstar and Salador Sion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there really is hope for everybody, isn't there? Um, yeah, saying, so yeah, part of the Dawn Rebellion. Um, there's obviously a chance, I guess. You know, there might be some restriction in list building, perhaps. Um, even if it's just a case of you can't take Doran in a Dark Star list, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, although Doran is kind of the person who tries to stop all that, but yeah. Well, they could. They could do something like that with Doran, mm. um, because the region as a whole is not not a homogeneous, you know, ethnic group. They had yeah. the the first men houses, which were like the Danes and the Ironwood spelled with a Y, mm-hmm. um, and then the the Martells. And I, I think I think they call them the the brown Dornish or like the Roinar mm-hmm. people that came over and burned all their ships and so you have kind of a diverse population. They could have some restrictive list building element built in, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's some proper uh, some proper like speculation maximum there. Yeah, but it's interesting. It's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> And the saying that Hero Books 2 could be the, the crew, like the Queen Maker crew, for the people who want to see. Hmm. Uh, some colorful characters there. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, going down, we've, done, we've done, done, gone down the Martel rabbit hole there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, if you're a Martel or you're, you're, if you're a Martel sympathizer, or you're looking to get into Martels, I think that that is pretty happy, good news. Um, and I was already looking at them. I bet. I have to admit, I quite like the Greyjoy aesthetic, and I have them, but I'm not excited about putting them on the table. Um, mm. I am excited about putting Martells on the table. Uh, they're an aesthetic I quite like as well. Um, yeah. Have you played them yet, or against them on TTS? No, no I haven't played yeah. into them. I haven't played against them. I've watched plenty of games with them in. Um, I do believe that they are pretty good. Um, I do... I do think they have weaknesses, and I think people don't play around those weaknesses enough. Um, and uh, it's just traditional. Uh, just straight up say it. Right? I say this all the time, and Loki kind of called me out on a little bit earlier, right? Um, I t- even tried to talk down long-range un- units. Uh, no, I actually think ranged units are by far the best thing in the game at the moment. Like, 
I don't get me wrong. Cavalry's good. Cavalry's good, but I think of like Cav as like a natural counter to range units. But but the thing is, cavalry's a natural counter to infantry as well because you just outmaneuver them and charge them in the rear or flank, and then they might as well be a range unit, right? Yeah. Like uh, cavalry's really good, but cavalry's expensive. Cheap ranged units are very good, like very very good, um, and range units in general are good because. Yeah. You don't give a shit about all these kind of like retaliation effects if you're a ranged unit. Because. Well, traps can still fuck you, but. Oh, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be throwing F bombs, but. No, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> this isn't monetized, it's not for kids, technically speaking. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. There we go. Uh, what do you think about maybe changing traps to only be movement based and not always action based? Like, if you're an archer. You reach your hand in your quiver to pull out an arrow, and it's like, oh, there's a trap in my quiver. It got my fingers. Oh, no. <laughs> this image of someone, like that, that, that cartoon, reaches in, and there's just an entire bear they're, trap they're, on his arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably better. Um, uh, yeah, I'd be more inclined to say movement-based. I mean, obviously, you could argue there's movement in the shift of a range attack. Um, right, so maybe like you have to choose like, oh, am I going to use my shift or not? Like, yeah, have like, some decision making process to it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It would for be thought, Fabio, if you're listening, <laughs> it would be much better if it was movement based. I agree. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I've always thought that with stakes as well, though. Like, if you're inside stakes, you should mm, be able. You're to already sh- there. Yeah. yeah. If you weren't impaled on the charge, then yeah, right, you made it. <laughs> You're like, oh no, while loading my arrow, I accidentally fell and impaled myself. I am now dead. <laughs> why Why did you use those stakes to defend your position? Uh, I am an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I... Suspension of disbelief, right? Uh, it's how the mechanics mm-hmm. work in the game. I do agree. Yeah. It, it would make more sense. Um... All right, so, so that's really the news. Uh, no dates on any of this stuff, uh, in case anyone's wondering. Um, it's all just kind of like touted uh for i mean if, if this is anything like we've seen previously we can kind of expect these i am don't take me on verbatim here but i'm kind of expecting these in q1 slash q2 next year um those of you who didn't know or weren't aware or forgot about the reveal video by adam lovell uh, gamma all the way at the start of the year they talked about q1 q2 and q3 releases they didn't cover q4 and we do know that some of that q3 stuff has basically been pushed back to q4 so things like martels which might even be q1 next year but we're talking like early next year we're talking things like martels we're talking things like the baratheon boxes um the targ box stuff like that uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we see these, and this is the kind of stuff we're expecting Q1 and Q2 of next year at this time. It would be really nice to get them, you know, before Christmas. Yeah. If that happens. Yeah. I mean, kind of happened in Canada, kind of didn't happen in Canada. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hey, Asmodee, can you have this worldwide release date of this product for us? Sure, Simon. We'll do that, and we'll communicate that with all of our little subsidiaries of small Asmodees around the world. Hey, Asmodee, we're Asmodee Canada. 
when are we releasing this? Do it now! <laughs> 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 just do it! Just do it! <laughs> okay! Sell it all. <laughs> sell, 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 sell. And then like, oh, no, no, one of the children is doing the thing we told not the children to do. And like, someone asked me, he's like, uh... I didn't tell Canada that. <laughs> Was I meant to tell Canada that? <laughs> um, oh dear. Um, boot them out of the Commonwealth, Mickey. Boot them no, out. That's it. Done. Done. Uh, actually, no. The uh, Asmodee's technically a French company, right? Come back in. Come back into the Commonwealth. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and don't mention dragons. There's uh, <laughs> a reason. <laughs> That there's a reason the Canadians went for a maple leaf and they didn't go for the Welsh dragon on their flag. Uh, there are no dragons in Canada. Sorry. Uh, just too come soon. to Wales. Too, too soon, too soon. <laughs> Two years later, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, anyway. Massive off track again. Um, so, uh, that is it for reveals and things. That's uh, information newsworthy stuff. Um, there isn't really much other stuff coming out of CMON at the moment but there was another announcement if you want to call it that last week uh i'm sure you probably saw this one kurt um do you know which one i'm talking about maybe i want you to explain it then and if you're wrong then i'll laugh uh i don't think i know Oh, you don't think you know. Yeah. Oh, maybe i know and then he lies to me no um it is the announcement of um adam lovell who was kind of oh he's now the oh, yeah, open play yeah yeah he's kind of the person who was involved with sales um and like distribution that kind of side uh specifically sales though and trying to organize that he's now moved into effectively the role and i believe the uh name they gave the role was um uh where is it here organized um, player yes it's specifically um he's still the vp of sales but he will become the worldwide brand manager of running a song of ice and fire across the world right um so I think that that is a positive, you know, and part of that is he will focus on organized play, right? Um, I think that that is actually huge. He's a brand manager, not for Simon, but a brand manager specifically for A Song of Ice and Fire, focusing on OP. I think that this is a position that everybody in the community can be pretty happy now exists and is now filled with somebody um we all have our independent opinions of what this means um where this could lead things but um i think it's a positive step in the right direction you know it shows that seaman is willing to put somebody as a head of the game and say what you know the brand manager what does the community need from us and the brand and what's going to push the brand further um i also really liked his comment personally uh, you know like all these things it's a marketing comment right um but he says the player community that's formed around song is simply the best in the gaming industry uh you can't work to wait uh 
uh, work with the line masterminds, Michael Fabio and Rebecca, who is, um, she's the lead producer, uh, Rebecca Ho. Um, we have so many exciting things over the next few years, being a long time fan of table miniature experience, working in this capacity is a dream come true. My my first thing is that that initial statement he makes, the player community that's formed around song is simply the best in the gaming industry. Um, I don't necessarily think that's true, and I don't mean it's like bad, but there are many other great communities out there in the industry uh, across gaming as a whole. But I would not argue with the statement that the Simon uh, Song of Ice and Fire community is amazing. Uh, it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I thought that was interesting for him to mention. It's his initial statement talking about the community. I very much hope that Adam is much more community focused. And for someone like ourselves, for the LGT, it's actually been Adam who has been chasing up stuff when we've been in contact with organized play, and he has been pushing Asmodee to get back in contact with us as well. Um, it's even been further than that. Those of you who remember uh, Gen Con, not like you're going to forget, but Luke, with his winnings, he requested the starter boxes. They have arrived. He has got the starter boxes already. And what was even more interesting is that Adam had organized all of that with him. And it turns out that Adam actually lives not that far. He lives in a roughly the same region as where Luke games. So I believe oh. that Adam is actually going to start turning up to some of their game nights and stuff like that and play the game. That's fun. Um, yeah. yeah. And you know what? If that, you know, I'm not going to say it happens regularly, but if Luke starts coming on saying, oh yeah, Adam Lovell, game with him all the time. Like, that's what you want from your staff members and the community as a whole, I think that's very, very positive. Mm. Your opinions on that? Um, yeah, I see it as positive. I mean, before it was just kind of up in the air, like, okay, what is the future of organized play going to look like? Um, and, you know, we're still waiting to see, so, you know, some of that still unexplored territory, how will that play out? Um, but it's definitely good news that there's someone in the position now, where as before it was like, who knows? Um, you remember that posting um, um, right before Gen Con mm -hmm. that said that there was going to be people could play games of Song of Ice and Fire with Michael and Fabio, and then that switched to Zombie Side, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that would have been really exciting to play a game with Michael and Fabio. Like that would have been awesome. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know if I would have had time to because I was in the tournament. Yeah. But, you know, like that, that was like a really exciting uh, proposition, I thought. Um, and so now that Luke's community might have, you know, Adam playing with them from time to time, like that's got to be a real treat. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, uh, from my understanding and the people who have been in contact with Adam, he is generally speaking pretty communicative. He's pretty good at getting back to the community on questions or on issues um, as an individual. Um, and so that is positive. That is good, you know, and, and, and Lee Teddy there says welcome news for sure. Um, and he, he, for the LGT, he's predominantly dealing with it all. He's happy. And, you know, he's dealing with Adam a lot. Um, so I think this is an overall positive. I really do. Um, and it... If they love the game as well, that's, you know, positive. Um, and again, it gives us somebody who, like, what I like about this more than anything, 
that transparency. There's now somebody the community can go to in Adam Lovell at CMON and start saying, look, what can CMON do to support this national side event? Or we're getting a player group based here. How can CMON support this? And he might turn around, you know, I'm fully aware they can't support every event in the world. They might turn around and say, we can't help. Right. Mm. But even the fact that there's somebody to ask is a right. positive. Um, and I see like community engagement with CMON, CMON engagement with the community. I see that as a positive, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also um, another part of that is uh, they've uh, announced Jeff Skinner, uh, one of the other members they've got there, has been promoted to senior vice president of the U.S. operations and entertainment um, side of the business. So he'll be pushing that. Um, he, uh, I don't know his interaction with Song. You probably won't see his interaction with the game at all. But for the U.S. specifically, he'll be heading up a lot of what's going on. Um, as well as talking about things like potentially organization of organized play and stuff like that in uh, being part of that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and Loki will be saying back to Tony Ground, see what he's made of. Hey, if we get a chance to interview Adam, uh, Adam that would be amazing. Um, that would be actually really nice. I get the impression he's a nice guy. So, right then. <laughs> Howard, right now the engagement is so bad it can't really get worse. So yeah, exactly. It's a good first step. Let's hope it continues. Um, right then. So, with all that being said, we're not going to look at our power rankings and things like that. So that's far too easy. Look, Martels are doing well. God, don't look at these. Master's doing well. Good. Brathian's fallen a bit bad. Kurt Sad. Um, nice watch at the top. That's a surprise. <laughs> Mickey's a poet. Yeah. I didn't even know it. Right. Uh, <laughs> neutrals, shit. Who's who's even talking about neutrals anymore? Greyjoys, maybe better than several people think. No, still not good. They're still bad. Um, right, anyway. Power rankings aside, let us talk about the most important thing in the world. Tier lists. Now, the actual... Uh, I have some bad news, right? Bad uh -oh. news bears moment. Are we um, missing something? We're not missing something. Uh, you've done nothing. Kurt done nothing wrong. No, Clarence did something wrong. <gasps> Last week, someone rightly pointed out that in our four-point tier category, that we missed out watch marshals. Oh. No They're one else. Good. No They're one good. else remember that. They're good. They're good. They're okay. Situational, right? There you go. Done. No discussion. I'm putting them in the middle tier. You make your own mind up. Be an independent person. Uh, no, we did forget. Uh, thank you very much for pointing that out. Uh, we do apologize. Uh, it was a genuine mistake. And don't take it out on Clarence, but it is his fault. Entirely blame him. Send him hate mail. Take it right. out on Clarence. Got it. <laughs> no, don't you dare. If anyone, if I find anyone is having a go at Clarence for that, I will personally um, be annoyed. Cut off. <laughs> I will be annoyed. Ah, damn you, kids. <laughs> um, right. So we're on to six pointers today. Um, and we're going to do things in a bit of a different order because Kurt is our guest. I'm going to ask him what faction he wants to start with. Well, let's get the faction that is not a faction out of the way. <laughs> wow. I thought he was going to say Brathians because he loves them. But no, clearly he wants to have more time for them. Uh, 
So we'll start to neutrals, and uh, uh, you do have to answer uh, the chat there, uh, Anders. What's the cat's name? Oh, so um, family tradition named cats after royalty. So um, I've taken that and I've put a little spin on it of my own, and I named them after Roman and Byzantine emperors and empresses. That's awesome. My fucking Discord name is Belisarius, and I love Byzantine history. So um, this is Basel. Oh, okay. And the other one sleeping in the back corner you might be able to see right there. Yeah. It's Theodora. Theodora and Basel. Cool. Let's, uh, let's get a little shot over there. Yeah, they're just tension whores. <laughs> I gotta be on screen. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Carlo's a little bit like that, so don't worry. An absolute star. <laughs> right then. So, you said neutrals. You said we deliver. Let's dive in. First neutral six-point unit. The phenomenal, the most amazing, Bloody Mama Skirmishers. Oh, by the way, also by popular demand, I changed the categories to be rather than being good, bad, ugly, they're now good, <laughs> situational, bad, like Clarence wanted. I think a lot of people found it weird that I called the middle category bad and then defined it as situational. My yeah, bad. I'm not going to lie, I appreciated the Sergio Leone reference. Yeah, it's yeah, a nice touch. Yeah, good, the bad, and the ugly, right? You know, just uh, enjoy. Right, so, Bloody Mumble Skirmishes, where do we think? What's your uh, initial opinion, Kurt? You know, I maybe I'm in the minority on this. I actually kind of like them. I'm not going to like say put them in the good category, but I think they're situational. Disrupt is a good ability. And they hit on threes. Hey, disrupt with counter strike is not terrible. Um the bloody mama's blade for the the rerolls and the weaken token is not bad. Yeah, similar to what um, Cutthroats have going on. I think the problem, actually, and this is why I'm going to put them, I think at best they're at the bottom end of situational, right? And if not, they're bad. I think the problem is that you kind of identify the problem there, which is Cutthroats do exactly the same job, but they do it for a point less. And that Disrupt Counter-Strike doesn't really matter most of the time. Well. <laughs> um, I, I, I argue for situational. Um, okay. Because I think Counter-Strike on its own, like I think Wardens, I think not that good, right? But then I think Disrupt, Counter-Strike, I touch best. I'm like, that's a pretty good combo. Like it synergizes, both support the other. Mm -hmm. um, and you can double up on it with old hands. And then, you know, talking about situational here, Darks, you can run Serial Pharrell in these guys. Or um, Howland NCU. Howland NCU. Yeah. And, like, they can become a, like, they can become a real pain. Like, I don't want to attack that unit. Um, they're still susceptible to range attacks. Um, but in terms of being just an obnoxious melee block to deal with, I think situationally... Yeah, I'll give it to you. Go on, I'll give it to you. Bottom you put them at the situation. bottom end of situational. Yeah, yeah like, they are like they are like literally bad. 
<laughs> they are bad, <laughs> but they might make lists. Um, yeah, no, I mean, from a competitive angle, they are basically unplayable. Um, and what I mean by that is they just get shot to bits. They die to trappers. And they're a point more expensive than cutthroats. Um, they they just don't get to see Ilias says they wouldn't see play if they're situational i think the thing is is that the lists that you see them at the top end like they're not going to make a top end list basically right. ever but actually inside neutrals they're not terrible the difference is that why are you running stuff that isn't boltons inside neutrals because i literally i played vargo uh Hote last night and i i made my list and my list was vargo and uh, bbg uh, Bloody Mama Skirmishers and two units of the, the Bloody Mama Zorse Riders. And honestly, Vargo did everything. Vargo in, Bloody, in the Barton Bastard Girls did everything. I would have been much better if I took a unit of cutthroats that stood on an objective all game and did jack shit. And for a point less, and taken two units of Flayed Men. Because I had a Glory Seeker in one of the, um, the Zorse Riders. So I quite literally would have just been better taking Cutthroats, BBG, Two Flayed Men, be done with it. I think you can run that list anyway. And then three, four point NCUs or whatever. Um, I think it helps that they are neutral rather than in one faction, right? Because that opens up more possibilities for them. So Mm -hmm. then you can get that Hal and Hero Pharrell combo as if they were let's say, shoehorned into Lannisters. Mm-hmm. Would, would you run them as Lannisters? Probably not. Ironically, with all the weakened support as well. Right, even, yeah. Yeah. Tywin bad. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're the situational. They're not good. And, Insert and really, they really Carlo are. quote about Lannisters here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, then. We'll move on to their friends, then, the Bloody Mama's Horse Riders. Um, I actually think that they are better. I think for six points, the Zorse Riders are good. You know, they are light cavalry at six who provide an option. They can turn off abilities. They get the plus one dice and crit blow. Uh, when they first got revealed and there were seven dice on threes um, at six with all the kind of stuff that like everyone kind of went, whoa, these guys yeah. are really good. They just blow things up. The problem is, and actually what's very interesting, Zorse Riders are okay. And this is where I think a lot of people get this fascination with the ideal rather than the norm. Turning off abilities is good. It's not that good. I think it's people... situational. Yeah. People, people have this fascination or idea that turning off abilities is like amazing but it's not that good right if it was that good rightful air would be storming and just beating everyone right and oh i can turn turn things off Zorse riders would be doing great things all the time um tywin ncu would be just absolutely shitting on all factions ever um they just don't like it's okay (laughs) not bad but yeah, I have a um, community member in Kansas City. You probably see him on the Discord. Goes mm-hmm. like Cronesaholic. His name's Brandon. Mm-hmm. He ran a Targaryen list with Jorah Commander and Zorse Riders. 
Mm-hmm. And that can get kind of silly. That's pretty fun when you think about it. Is that the, the mass tokens? Riders, not mass tokens. The Zorus Riders can go in and then shift to the flank, right? Yeah. And then Jorah has a card where they can shift into the rear. Yeah. <laughs> There's some shenanigans there. Explore it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's better than Drogo, but, you know, it's it exists. I think I made a list that does something like that a long time ago. I never done. I don't think I've ever played it, but yeah, um, I don't. They're not bad, right? They're not bad, uh, and I think this is kind of why I'm sad. Is that I look at the Zorse Riders and look at the Skirmishers, and just go for six points. I nearly always want the Zorse Riders over the Skirmishers because they've got a Cav move. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just good and enough. Then mobility was a good thing in this game. Yeah, I know, right? A rank and flank game where mobility matters. Shock. Horror. You've, um, you've never expressed such an opinion before. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. On that bombshell, uh, it's time to move on to the House Bolton Blackguards. Um, I don't think Blackguards are good. I don't think slow. I, hey, they're a four movement infantry unit. I don't think infantry unit's good necessarily. And a four movement infantry unit is never that good. You know, my opinions are wardens shared last week you but... put wardens in like the good category <laughs> hey i didn't i didn't want to put them there man i didn't want to i got peer pressured um i actually think blackguard as a six point option are an option i do believe if you want a defensive six point infantry unit that they are an option that a lot of factions consider Greyjoys consider them Obviously, neutrals consider them. Um, I think Lannisters actually can consider them, um, which is mental because there's like a billion six-point Lannister units. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they look at this one and go, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Blackguards are okay. I'd put them in bad. You reckon bad? Wow. <laughs> wow. You, you re- hang on, hang on. You think <laughs> Bloody Mama Skirmishers are better than Blackguards? Bloody Mama die a lot are better than at least we're scary. Um, I do. Wow. What's I think your... if you want if you want a defensive infantry, you have that option already at a point cheaper, and paying extra points to be defensive infantry doesn't gain you much. I guess um, in bracket, you're, you're right? ideally gonna sit on the token and stay there, and the point is, oh, you need to not die damage you do is kind of incredible. So, oh, they're scary. Uh, Master Guards can be scary. Yeah. They're not that scary, though. Because <laughs> the, dif- the differences with Lannister Guards is the timing on the Supremacy, right? The timing yeah. on the Supremacy yeah. is after the damage is done, whereas the Blackguards is before. Like, it comes in before you make your attack. And that can be quite pr- that can be quite useful. It softens the blow. Yeah, yeah. There's value there. Yeah. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put them in situational. I'm gonna say that I, I see them more in competitive gaming than I do Zorse Riders. So. Fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for me. Uh, the last one is Stormcrow Archers. Now. 
Good. Uh, yeah, I, I, good. I think Stormcrouchers are good. They disappeared off the face of the earth. They are good. Um, yeah, I, maybe they're only situational now. There's zone control. The problem is, right, this is the eternal problem. There are no factions you'd want to run Stormcrow in anymore because of the reduction in cost of archers in the factions that used to run them, right? Yep, yeah. So you used to see them a lot in Lannisters because Lannister crossbows were yeah. total and utter crap. Lannister guardsmen, or not guardsmen, crossbows got buffed. Okay, you don't see them as much. Used to see them in Baratheon sometimes because they were a point cheaper than Lightbringers. Lightbringers yeah. got dropped a point, so you don't see them much in Baratheons. You could see them conceivably in Targaryens, but then Targaryens have Outriders. Why would you run Stormcrow Archers when you could run Outriders? Yeah. yeah I think I... they still have value. I think they're still a decent unit. You can get Sundering, you can get rerolls, you can hand out a token. Those are all good things. There's just not a single faction in the game that wants to run them at the moment. And I think that's a good thing, generally speaking. I think your in-house option should be more appealing in most cases to what the neutral units offer, right? The, unit, yeah. the neutral units should be a, this is a change of pace piece, this fits some particular niche, it helps me get something I don't otherwise have. Right, it shouldn't over, shouldn't be overbearing and push out your in-house option all the time. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna change our ranking a little bit for the neutrals. There, I'm gonna put bloody mama skirmishes down to bad. Um, okay. They've been pushed <laughs> off the end, but I'm gonna put stormcrows in the situational. I, I was tempted to put them into bad as well. Um, they're gonna go below Zorse riders, maybe no. Maybe Zorse Riders even drop into bad. Oh god. Crazy. Yeah, I'm going to drop Zorse Riders into bad, I think. Um, just on the basis of what's coming up. Uh, Maybe I think... he's taking over. I am, I'm taking over. A little he's bit. a tyrant. I just think there's going to be that many situationals if we're not careful. But, yeah. You know. Uh... Well, how about we move Blackguard down to bad, then? No, no, at least they see play, though, right? They do see play in lists. Um... <laughs> Uh, Desmond says it's a dictatorship. Yeah, what you can do about it. It's my show. I do what I want. It's his show. Clarence told me where, that last week. <laughs> where, where, where's Carlo? Bring him back. I've gone mad with power. Um, <laughs> right then. Uh, so, neutrals, I think that's a fair... I mean, I think what's important to say is none of what we're saying in neutrals is going into this good tier. All of the conversation we spoke about with these neutral units is like... Maybe you see them, maybe you don't. Like, they're all very situational. Like, they literally embody the idea of being situational, but they're all on the bad end of situational. Like, they are, they're not good units to pick unless you're looking for a specific hole to fill um, at the six point category. So, yeah, I think that's fine. What faction next? Should we just go through it in order of release? So go into Starks. Yeah, let's go to Starks. Yeah. Uh, and let's start with the bad boys themselves. The biggest, the baddest of boys. Starks Sworn Sword. Sorry. Eddard's Honor Guard. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Eddard's Honor Guard is great. 
uh, they they are Stark Sworn Swords with a stat buff to plus one armor, plus one to hit, and a better dice on second rank and last rank, I think. Um, exactly the same ability apart from that. You have to have Eddard in them. This they hit unit, on threes, right? Yeah, they hit on threes. They go down to hit on twos with the Winter's Bite, right? And this, this unit's very good for six points. I think they're definitely better since the Stark deck saw its changes where it took out a bunch of the wounds that you would suffer for playing your cards. Yeah. Um, that and Fury for the Fallen exists. Phenomenal card. You're running <laughs> Eddard Commander, which you have to be running Eddard Commander to run Eddard's Honor Guard. Yeah. But this is the thing, though, right? Is that it's a, it's a, it's a unique unit you're spending six on. And Eddard's on a guard uh, with Fury for the Fallen are something that you have to be afraid of. Like, you actually have to be afraid of this unit for six points. And okay, you could argue, oh, but that's just Eddard's cards are good. If I put Eddard in a seven-point unit, you'd be just as scared. But that's my point. It's like, but you're achieving that fear with a six-point unit, not a seven mm -hmm. or an eight. That has really big value. Um, and the defensive buff, the three armor... Bearing in mind that Eddard brings Iron Resolve as well. Like, this is actually a tanky unit at six. Like, a proper tanky unit. Um, I think people are sleeping on Iron Resolve. I think it's one of the best abilities in the game. Yeah, I I, I think it's a very good ability. I think, um, I, I think I put, like, Intimidating Presence above it, but yeah. Iron Resolve is very, very good. Yep. Agreed completely. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy with Eddard at six. Uh, Eddard on a guard at six. Great unit. And you know, I like it because it's a unique unit. I yes. think we could use some more of those. I think it's really interesting design space to have these kind of thematic units. We have the King's Guard, we have Eddard's Honor Guard, and we haven't seen that again for a long, 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 long time. Bone Lord's Chosen, I guess, is the uh, only other one. I guess we like... got Bone Lord's Chosen, then we got Blood Riders, yeah. the Targaryens, and now we're getting the Rainbow Guard for Renly. Yes. And I hope they continue to do more of those kind of like like special guard unit for this certain character and I, and I think they should be good and I, mm -hmm. I firmly believe the unit should be good because it's unique it's not spammable yeah and that's fine um alright then uh moving on to their other six point units uh, I think we've got a tackle I think I think we'll just straight up tackle it the she bears I know where they're going good yeah they're good. Luke, Luke showed us all. They're good. Yeah, I mean, uh, the way I the way I quite literally defined and explained she bears when I talk about Starks is I see she bears as Stark sworn swords, where you play one point, you pay one point, sorry, for Warcry. Would you pay one point for Warcry in a unit of Stark sworn swords? Yep. Yes. You probably yeah. would. <laughs> and you still get your attachment slot. Like, they're good. They're, I wouldn't say that they're better than Star Swords Swords. I think they're, say they're very similar. They just are like an upgrade. Um, yeah, great unit. Great, great they unit. They both fulfill different functions. I mean, they both hit decently hard, but um, she bears let you let you dabble in token play a bit more. Uh, yeah. Um, moving on, we'll do. Uh, we'll do. I think should we do this? Should we do the sad boys of the Stark list now? 
The Let's iconic. No, I wasn't even do Carstark Spearman. We'll do Carstark Spearman. Yeah, let's do Carstark Spearman. I'm not ready for true sadness. Um, uh, Carstark Spearman in at six. Uh, no, they're not good. Bad. Yeah. I think everyone. I think Their when they first came neat. out. Like, yeah. Okay, they can block on two. Right, and that's good. They inherently telegraph to your opponent your activation order, what beats certain things are going to drop, because you don't want to activate them early, because they lose, they lose their buff. Um, anytime you're giving your opponent information like that, it's you know disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> Simply put. Um, so I, I have the same criticism of Stagnites and Baratheons, which we'll get to later. You're mm -hmm. telegraphing when and where, why and how. Yeah. And 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 all of their buffs are defensive. They hit on fours still. Uh, seven seven four is like not a bad profile, but also like you're a Stark player. You really don't give a shit what your later profiles are because you've got things like Winter is Coming. Sorry. Um... Uh, not winter is coming and the north remembers and caitlin to make you hit on higher numbers um they're not they don't synergize that well with like the aria and um the uh liana kind of things in the game um yeah they're just not great like the, the fact that bulwark formation isn't when you activate it's when you take an action like that's just so savage. You know? Um, I'll start with Lyanna onto the swords, or Caitlyn onto the swords, and do this seven dice on four attack. And I yep. lose my defensive... Oh, mm -hmm. why, don't, why am I not just running Stark Swan Swords? <laughs> you know? Or if you want a defensive option, Tully Sworn Shields. Oh, speaking of which... Hey, they're next on the list. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Karstark's in at bad. Sworn Shields... I'm going to just overrule everything you say, and they're a four-point infantry unit. Yeah, they are defensive, but I think they're situational. I do not think you can just put Tully Sworn Shields in a list and then work. But I do think, if you're looking for a defensive option, they're respectable. I think their four plus to hit holds them back. Yeah. And the... I, think if they, I think if they had three plus to hit and shield wall was changed to work against ranged attacks, I think they could be a seven-point unit. Yeah, I mean, they'd, they'd be very good, right? Uh, a 4 plus to hit and just the shield will change would probably move them into, like, a comfortable 6. You'd see them a lot more often. Um, but yeah, the, the shield will only being melee attacks is just... I won't go into that, but like we spoke about it before, it's just bizarre. Um, literally, like, the opposite of what it was designed to achieve. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like... Stubborn Tenacity is good, though. Uh, combines with range attacks, like friendly range attacks going in. And we've seen some pretty nasty com combo lists um, with range attacks and these guys. Uh, mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, they will appear in lists. They probably won't be in top-tier lists. But there's a place for them. I agree. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll do Bowman next, then. Talk about shooting as a combo. Uh, Bowman next. I have a personal opinion of where they deserve to be. Okay. And then I have a realistic opinion of where they are. 
think they deserve to be situational, but you think in reality they're bad. I would almost argue they're almost good. I really like range units. I think range units are mm -hmm. strong. Okay. They might well be bad. That six up save. <sighs> that six up save. That seven morale on a six point unit. They hit on fives in melee base. Like this is a six point infantry unit, a six point uh, uh, archer unit, long range unit, and they make nearly every other long ranged range unit look better. So what do they have going for them? They have seven up attack dice, and yep. they retain that over two ranks. That's, that's important. That's unique. Yep. They have as many attack dice as Lightbringers do, and they keep it over two ranks. Yeah. Crossbow units all have sixes. Um, the, big, the big thing here is that they compete with something like Greyjoy Archers. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. six on fours rather than seven on threes. Um, the big thing is the line of sight not required. That is quite important. Uh, it means you can't hide from them. Is it, though? I mean, you talk about, like, terrain and how cover doesn't really work that well. I guess if you have, like, a multiple unit pile up, ah, now I can't see yeah. this unit I'm trying to shoot. You, you, you really it's can't. It's situational. Just... It's a situational buff. That's right? the thing. And I, I do think they're situational. Uh, I like them myself but that ability is situational uh the the, the loss of orders I'll, I'll tell you where these guys absolutely amazing right if someone running like a targaryen infantry block at you unsullied and you're just shooting pikemen and then they fail a test and you're like lol you now can't use set for charge and shield wall so i'll just come in and beat the shit out of you with crit low you're dead now um good against things with like hidden traps right you take the traps but then if they don't trap you then, then they won't get to trap you if they fail that test, because the order's used. But the prob the, yeah, the big problem... That's useful. The problem here is you, you're kind of guessing, right? Yeah. They need people to fail the panic test, and they have no modifier. Don't really play into panic at all. No. So, I like them. I think they've got a place. I, I like using them in Star I think it's like a niche ability. Like, yeah. I think it's fine. I don't... Oh, sorry. You're kind of breaking up there. No, it's all right. It's all right. Um, I, I I think it's a niche ability. I think it's fine. I don't think it should like be a guaranteed. It's always going to go off and always going to turn off abilities. I think they could use plus one defense. Make them five ups instead of six ups. Yeah. Yeah. It's happy. I'm happy with that. Um, I also think at six points. Yeah, they need to. You could probably make them six morale as well. Uh, okay. I don't see a major concern with them being six morale. Um, Outriders. I know where I'm putting them. No debate. Cavalry at six is good. Okay. Yep. Okay. So the big question that everyone's going to ask is, why are Outriders good and why are Source Riders bad? The major difference, the plus one... Morale. Moving from 7 to 6 is quite important. Um, the ambush ability is different than the um, lose all abilities and stuff. But actually, at that point, what you want is you want to be able to push damage through. 
Ambush allows you to push damage through and also weaken in the attack back, which combos well with Swift Retreat and their order. Yeah. You know, they have a nice little rule set that works well with itself. And they... The only real bad thing for them, the only thing that's like bad about them is the hitting on fours. Yeah. You know. But at least they're Cav with Swift Retreat, so at least they're going to be charging more often than not and yeah. getting those rerolls. Yeah. If you're hitting on fours, you want rerolls. Mm -hmm. You also have, like, it's also worth remembering, they have four armor. On light Cav. I like. Yeah. That's good. I think, you know, and Dan's Dan saying, uh, um, uh, uh, Dan saying that Outriders are situational at best. Hey, I think, you know, all Cav Stark lists are strong. I think all Cav Stark lists have play. Um, I think Outriders appear in those lists sometimes. Um, I think. Yeah, I could see putting them in situational because ambush is situational. You're playing an opponent that's not giving up their flank yep. or is running, um, let's say, pikemen. So those units are flank proof. Yeah. Maybe. People saying top end of top end of situational. Yeah, I think that I think of all the six point units, the Outriders are the probably the first one you look at after She Bears or Honor Guard. Um if not the Bowman. Right? Bowman obviously it depends on what situation you want, but generally speaking, um Outriders are good. I pay Dan. Yes, you did beat me with all Cav, it is true. Uh, I like the Outriders as well. I really think they're a place. I I personally would build a list of like Eddard's Honor Guard, a unit of Stark Outriders and then some trash. Maybe some Bowman in there as well. Uh, very similar to what uh, the night eight activation Stark list that Jacob used to run with Eddard. Um, lastly, we've Berserkers. got Berserkers. Well, they're bad. <laughs> bad, bad, worse than Spears. Yeah. Yep. I don't agree with that. My problem with the Berserkers is they almost require a Mormont vet to work nowadays. But that was like the bread and butter of Stark list building for the longest time in the 2021 update, wasn't it? Yeah. And where were they at the 2021 update, Kurt? At the bottom of the pile. At <laughs> <laughs> the bottom of the pile, but that was considered like their best piece, right? Yeah, exactly. I think he, I, <laughs> I think, at the very least, you have to put him ahead of Karstark Spears. Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do. I just don't think they're good anymore. Um, they're not. They good. lost their Sundering. Yeah, and, and that kind of killed them. The thing is, like, the idea of like, oh, you get the rolling attack dice is nice. So this initial charge, I'll put Caitlyn on them. I run in. I've got all these attack dice, but it's just like, but she. It's the same the... thing. It's the same problem that um, Reavers have in Greyjoys. Yeah. They, like, okay, they can hit on twos. But who cares? Yeah, like, I don't care if you're... T nine dice on twos is scary, but in no world, in no place in this world, are you sat there on your last rank 
and I've allowed you to get there without trying to kill you, like, fully, right? Mm. I need to really force that. And people will force that damage through, which is why Harden becomes good, because you can prevent that. But um, but the thing is, at that point, I might as well just put Hardened and Shebez, have Crit Blow, have Warcry to force my own damage through. Yeah. The plus one move for the Berserkers is nice. The unyielding is nice. But it's just not enough. At the moment, you just get killed. Um, what, what if they were four up morale? That might be make them better. Uh, or, yeah. as pretty much anybody in chat might say, uh, 1.6 Berserkers. Well, let's not remember 1.6 Berserkers. <laughs> they were a scourge. <laughs> um, but it, I don't think anyone would complain that much if they got Sundering back. Just a base Sundering. Mm. So even Reavers have that at five. Yeah. The only thing Berserkers have going for them is better morale. Yeah. Unyielding kind of a meh ability. So it's mora it's a morale modifier on top, really, isn't it? There's nothing more. Yeah. Um You want them to be this offensive piece and yet their abilities are unyielding so defensive ability. That's just not good enough. Could we give them precision? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I think of all the keywords, precision's on the weaker end. I think my problem with precision is that it's very dicey. And it's mm. very, like, precision is very good against something. It's great against game. champs, but, uh... Yeah, champions, uh, giants, you know, anything low against, wound, uh, men. Oh, uh, it's great against giants, yeah. Yeah. Um, and but it's against absolute units garbage. that are, um... Against yeah. units with five-up armor, it's like, okay, who cares? Like... Oh, you killed a trapper, did you? You killed a raider. <laughs> I think, oh, I think with the exception of, of like giants or units that only take one wound for every two hits or whatever, I think every other situation I'd rather have Sundering over Precision. Generally speaking. Yeah. I think the only other time where, sun where Precision has decent value is in like a, a three-plus armor save unit, which you move to a four with Sundering, where Precision... If you hit that six, at least you can guarantee a panic test. I'd still rather have Sundering against yeah. the three up. It probably is better. Um, all right, then. Okay, so that's Starks. Uh, pretty even spread. And I actually do think that that even spread, I mean, it, it kind of reflects the faction at the moment. We see a unique unit and kind of like this thing that sees a lot of play with Warcry and everything else is just kind of meh at six. Um, the problem is we're moving, you know, six, seven, and eights when we finally get to eights. We have to decide at six, seven, eight points, you need to be a good unit. You need to be carrying. Yeah. A lot of these units aren't carrying. Yeah. Um, we'll do Lannisters then next, right? Let's do it. The kings of the six-pointers. Uh, yeah, I mean, Stark's Lannisters have got tons of six-pointers. And so the first many. one, House Clegane Mountain's Men, who just got a buff in the last patch. They did? I know I... stats has them as like, I think they're like the very bottom unit on stats. They're <gasps> down there. I still think they're one of the worst units in the game. I, <laughs> I take, I I like them. You, okay, yeah, I I like I like Stark Bowman. That doesn't mean they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, with the Lannister deck, they are frustratingly 
resilient with how much healing they can get going. If you throw a sparrow on something, and then you have, what is it, prey on fear or fueled by slaughter? I mean, the thing, you, you, you'll you not convince me, right? I have seen people run them, and I've seen the prey on fear matter. But I think the problem, the big problem is they're supposed to come in and just fucking whack something proper mm -hmm. hard and kill it. Yeah. And the thing is, they don't take a beating themselves at all. They then don't get the vicious and the things that matter on the hit back, meaning they're less likely to get that panic fail, meaning they're less likely to get the healing going. Like, they're they're an antithesis of themselves. It's like they want to be on not full health, but not their second rank, and walking mm. around and chopping things' heads off and going, ha-ha, I just got two healing to my nine health unit, I'm now on eleven. And you just go, and... Like, why were you on 9 health anyway? And I was then letting you charge me. I should have just killed you. <laughs> um, I know somewhere out in the world, Mickey is saying, not Mickey, Carlo is saying, I should I should never be on this show again for my <laughs> blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so maybe I'm contradicting myself here. Because I just said they they can benefit from the attrition-based healing that ministers have. But they do kind of seem out of place in the faction, right? They have this offensive infantry piece in a faction that is kind of defensive, kind of control-based. Like... <laughs> I'm fine with them in bad. Yeah, I, th I think... I just, that... I, just, I just think they're deceptively survivable. They can be. You, and that... you, you look you look at them and you see seven up morale, four up armor, and you're like, okay, I can pop those guys. And then they can frustratingly hang around if you don't follow it up. I'm actually going to throw them up a couple of points because I do think it's worth saying, you know, they are one of the worst rated units on stats. Like everybody mm -hmm. knows that they're one of the worst rated units on stats. They have been for a while. And that's after receiving an update. But I actually think it's worth thinking just a little bit about what that might mean. And if they're the worst rated unit on stats, in part, I'm going to throw that out there and say it's because they've got a relatively big play rate. They're not good, mm. but they've got a play rate. Whereas if we right. look at something like Bloody Mama Skirmishers, if you're super honest, how many times have Bloody Mama Skirmishers even run? Right. Yeah. You just don't have the data. Yeah, they did. They're not good, but they're not being run. And if we look here, I mean, what? They've played in season one alone after the buff 835 games 835 appearances that's not small no right their win rate doesn't get above 40 percent regularly <laughs> but they're good enough to see play mm. we look at bloody mama skirmishers how many games they've got 88 games and they're not even getting 30 percent win rate most months like I'm going to say, I mean, that's in neutrals. So bear in mind, they might appear in more in other factions, but not that often. Um, I'm going to say, it, yeah, they're not good. But at least they're not as bad as some of the other units. At least they see play, because people think that they might be good. Mm. Um, but they're not. They're not good. <laughs> uh, the Kingsguard. So... <laughs> That's a whole... God, we could do a whole episode on the Kingsguard. 
I would say as a unit, they're awesome for six points, right? Yep, they're they're decent for six points. The the eight wound cap is a bit of a but issue. they only have eight wounds. Yeah, yeah. And you're running Joffrey Commander. Yeah. <laughs> and Joffrey Commander's cards are what they are. And yeah. you get extra victory points if Joffrey dies. And that's on an eight point eight wound unit. <laughs> the Kingsguard are like the Kingsguard themselves as a unit are not bad. Like they're really not that bad. They they could need a bit of a buff. The Brathian Banners got nerfed unfairly. Yeah, they I lost think. the um maneuver. Yeah, the the maneuver was really good. Um I think if they had the maneuver still, I'd actually probably rate them as a situational unit on their own. And like high situational as well. They'd still be decent. Potentially just randomly being cavalry is good. Joffrey is so bad as a commander alone. Mm-hmm. And the issues that Joffrey brings, even though Joffrey's cards can be pretty good in some situations. I do like his one card that blocks hits. That's yeah. always, that's a great card. The, the damage, other the, cards... the two extra dice for like the damage increase isn't bad as well. Mm-hmm. But like, just compare that with great Whichever jobs. Whichever one that's like, that gains vicious or something. Oh god, that's terrible. That is third card. Yeah. The... I have to pull it up. The um the one that gains you two extra attack dice isn't that good either because if you just consider Great John sacrifice two or three wounds to a bunch of extra wounds that's not that's not dice dependent it's literally take wounds you're at least you're taking a panic test now like uh, as a comparative card and then the fact that that card then has a drawback no it, that's just fucking awful card when it should be good. Sorry, Kingsguard. That... Love you. Yeah, <laughs> I hate yeah. You. <laughs> they're, the, they're probably the only unit where I can successfully say the unit isn't the problem. <laughs> at all. The unit is not the problem at all. Yeah. Sad days. Let's redeem ourselves or not. Lannister Crossbowmen. Good. Yep. Yeah. I think Lannister Crossbowmen are arguably now should be in basically every Lancer list. I think these guys are Yeah. Run two. Run two of them. Put Kevin in one, put Bron in the other. Yep. New awful gun line. Damn. Yeah, yeah. 100% agree. Uh, and not oppressively strong either. Just just good. Just um, good. I really like the the four, the four armor. Brilliant buff. Um, yeah. You know. That kind of um, was like a thing unique to Baratheon Lightbringers. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to buff Master Crossbows to have that four up armor save too. Yeah. And unlike Lightbringers, Master Crossbows better in melee? I think they hit on fours, yeah. They hit on fours. No, mm-hmm. they hit on fives. No, they hit on fives. Sadness. Short swords, fives. But I mean, at the 664, you know, Sundering reroll profile, the crossbows. Uh, sorry, 664 six, uh, and 3 plus as well, isn't it? As well. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in short range, thundering. I just finished gushing over thundering. Yeah, I uh, evil kind of says it well in chat. Expos are simple and fairly costed. I actually think as a six point unit now, I look at crossbowmen and think, yeah, that's. I look at that and think, yeah, I feel that that's a six point unit. Like as a yeah. baseline, I think that that's a six point ranged unit. Brilliant. Um. So yeah. Well, that was easy. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Refreshing. Uh, Lannister Halberdiers. Um, yeah. Why? 
Uh, I... So you look at them, and they're flank-proof with set for charge. They get an extra attack in with set for charge. They could potentially deplete your attacker's ranks by one with set for charge. Um, they have dice retention over two ranks. Seven, seven. Um, and Sundering. I just want to say I like Sundering. But bad. Yeah, they... Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> they just kind of die. <laughs> they kind of die, and they're hitting on fours, and I don't like things that hit on fours. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there's nothing inherent... It's the funny thing, In I don't really think there's anything inherently wrong with them. They're just not good. <laughs> um, and, and unfortunately, and this is where people might say, oh, but they're situational. I'm like, no. Not really. Like it's torn apart by ranged attacks. Yeah. Um, there are tools in other factions to turn off orders, to turn off set for charge. Even if you have your set for charge, stuck in this limbo. Like, do I want to wait and make them come at me so I can get my value out of set for charge, or do I want to charge in now, get rerolls? Probably you do when you're hitting on fours. That, and that's the thing, seven dice on fours with just sundering. I don't actually care if you charge me with that profile. And if it means that you didn't get a random extra attack action in this round, I'm happy with that. <laughs> like, that's not a bad thing for me, really. I'm not particularly yeah. fussed. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, pretty bad. Probably worse than the Kingsguard as well. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. But not as bad as Clegane's Mountain Men, Jesus Christ. Not as bad as Mountain's Men. <laughs> uh, Lannisport City Watch. I How think... much experience do you have with them? Because I really don't have that much experience with them. Well, I actually think this is... I think this has got to be one of the saddest releases for Lannisters that we've seen, right? In that... Uh, in, a, in a similar way that the Karstark Spearmen were a sad release for Starks, in the they came in in a points category at six, where it's just crowded, like really mm -hmm. crowded in these two factions, and they just like they're too much of a muchness, right? In that they're they're falling into the realms of this is not the top unit you're picking in the points category. It's not the second one that maybe like you know oh I've got a ranged unit versus a melee unit or a cavalry unit. Mm -hmm. It's a I'm now just picking a random unit in this kind of like very, very heavily tech choice that is kind of the definition of situational. And then you kind of go, but there's other things that are also situational or things I want to try. And these these guys just like, like the cast experiment, they just pale off into insignificance and you just don't care about them. I actually don't think they're bad. They're really not bad. Auto passing panic tests. Yeah. They're just. But I just feel like they fail to make an impact. Yes, they're not impactful. And the passing on more ranks, if engaged by something with less ranks, is just like, when does that happen? It'd be cheeky. Like... Yeah. Oh. That one time you charged me with your two, yeah, two ranked unit, and you did three wounds to me, and ha ha! I got to pass my morale test automatically when you played. There's too many. Screw you! And I'd be like, 
I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> I just won't do that thing and play any of my resources and just live with the fact that I didn't do a full rank. I'm sure I'll be fine. Um, yeah. You deal a whole lot of naked hits. The problem... Run with Joffrey, you get the plus two attack dice, get the... Well, that's the problem, right? Planning for plus one additional hit for each rank, and uh, just throw up. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. That's the stupid thing, because it's the same trigger. Oh no! Yeah. (sighs) Like the stuff you want to use it with, you've got triggers on there already. Yeah. Um, They're better than halberdiers, maybe, maybe not. You lose the sundering. Yeah. Worse morale. Oh god, it's not good for Lannisters. We'll redeem it a little bit. Red Cloaks, um, who I think on Red Cloaks releases are like up here. Because <laughs> yeah. to some factions they just shit on their but they're, they're, they're the kind of unit when they first got released and before the erratas and stuff. They used to shit on people's breakfast and laugh about it. Um, I think they're very situational now. I think that they are perfectly fine to have in lists. They still make appearances, still see play, they still win games, but they're not the scourge on the game that they used to be. Um, right. And that has more to do with what happened to Joffrey and CU than anything that happened to them. Yes, yeah, in part. Um, I, I think they should have kept their three up to hit, because I think that unlocked some fun things you could do with them, right? Yeah. Um, they're, uh, I've heard them described as offensive guardsmen. You just yes. expect when they add the three up to hit, you're just swapping the attack and defense values. And, and um, look, nothing in the game ever that can create a remote panic test for basically no investment for Lannisters is going to be bad. You want panic tests. Being able to just create one is going to be beneficial for you as a faction. It plays into what you're trying to achieve and some of the other combos you have. So as a result, I don't think Red Cloaks will ever be trash. As long as they have that ability, they might liked, truly be low end. I thought I thought they were one of the few units that was actually kind of fun to play with attachments. Yeah, I liked throwing Mandon Moore in them. Yeah, I liked throwing Marin Trant in them, and I liked throwing Sandor in them. Yeah, yeah uh, I remember I, I played. I think it was an ELO event. I played. Um, it was Mountain Commander in a unit of Red Cloaks and Sandor Clegane in another unit of Red Cloaks. And I was playing some kind of like janky Euron Greyjoy A activation weird janky shit that I play um, with Euron in Bowman or something like that. And uh, and it was a good game. I played against Van Van, and it was a really good game, really close. I uh, ended up losing it, but um, but I remember thinking like, yeah, Greg or uh, Greg Red Cloaks or like, um, this is before the change, of course, before the reduction in quality. But like Sandor Red Cloaks was good. Was you know that was was okay. Um, Nowadays, I I don't think they're that good, but then but they are situational. They still appear in lists. They're still useful. Um, but yeah. Uh, Paul says, do we have to wait until the eight point tier to get a good neutral unit? No. No. There is a. No. We'll see you in tier at uh, seven points, Paul. Yeah, you might not know about the best seven point unit in the game. No. Uh. Uh, that's a mean too far even for me right um <laughs> we'll move on to uh let's go order of release let's do night's watch night's watch we've got one six point unit and it is ranger trackers and before you say anything before you say literally anything i am putting it in the good category 
That's where I was going to put them. Yeah, yeah. I think they are horrendously underplayed. And yep. I think they have phenomenal value. Super maneuverable, super fast. And out vulnerables. Um, you have a range attack. It's granted short range, but... Pathfinder, ignoring it, um, terrain, man. Ignoring terrain. On it allows... It, 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 it unlocks a whole nother playstyle for Night's Watch that maybe Night's Watch players just don't realize exists. You don't have to play to kill your enemy every single game. You can play to the mission, and Ranger Trackers are a great piece for playing to missions. Yep. Um, I ran into a double Ranger Tracker list at Gen Con by uh, Evan um, mm -hmm. from Miniac, mm -hmm. and he ran circles around me with them. Um, he used Ride by Attack to... <laughs> I, I had turned my entire army around because he had gotten behind me with Ride by Attack, and after I finished turning around, <laughs> he, just he got out with another ride by attack. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, they're good. They're good. Yeah, I think they're really good. Uh, like, I'm not going to say they're phenomenal as stellar unit, but I think they're very strong. The the only weakness, as Leet Teddy will find out uh, or knows in our game, uh, we played a game the other day. Uh, they don't synergize well with some of the cards. Uh, specifically, take the black, one of the stronger cards, uh, is infantry only, so you can't heal off the back of that. Um, and and that is impactful, uh, because it does mean that if these guys get low, you're having to invest. Also, with things like John, uh, Stan United Brothers, you're taking an entire model off every time you want to heal another unit. And that's a, like, that's a little bit of an issue um, with the synergies there hence i think they're not popular in the john lists but I, but they're not bad by no stretch a ranger track is bad um all right then free folk i have one six point unit it's a war mammoth and i am going to say to people that war mammoths are almost slap bang in the middle i think they are situational. I think people run them. Uh, shout out to uh, Brian McGonigley uh, in the UK. Uh, he runs these guys like literally all the time. He absolutely loves mammoths. Um, he does quite well with them. He's win won some events with them, of course, uh, playing free folk. Um, I think they are perfectly middle of the pack. I think they're good. I think they have a place. They're not my style. I don't think they play into the good free folk lists. But if you're looking for something situational and want to play something different, run a mammoth. They're not trash. You know? You know Free Folk better than I do. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably where I would have thrown them to. Yeah. Yeah. Nice middle of the pack. Uh, and they come with a nice set of keywords. You know? Stampy gonna stamp. Um, <laughs> Alright then. Uh, we'll move on to that crappy faction that no one plays. Uh, Baratheons. Uh, no oh, one plays these guys. Taking shots over here. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't ready for a hostile interview. <laughs> uh, I'll let you choose because you're the Brathian man here between us. Uh, have you got a Brathian badge yet, by the way, on the stat site? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, good, good, good. I just I don't, I, I don't. I don't have the um the neutral badge That's with okay. it or whatever, but I I can forgive that. I just yeah. wanted to make sure. Um. So you you choose six point units. I, I'm gonna guess you're gonna start with your favorite or least favorite. You might you know, never know. Which I'll way are we going? The, the very best six point unit in the whole game, Baratheon Sentinels. Get up there into the good category. No, I can't. Uh, <laughs> they're bad. 
Put them below skirmishers. Put them at the very end. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. They're better than Clegane's Mountain Men. They're worse than Clegane's Mountain Men. Put them at the end. Oh, no. <laughs> they have Sundering. You love Sundering. Put them at the, they're hitting on fours. <laughs> uh, no, okay, I, so I... we look at Sentinel. Great like, ability. Hey, three maneuvers are good. Um... Yeah, and you're never going to get the charge off against an opponent that is worth their salt. So you're you're pretty much it's pretty much a free maneuver. Um, once you're engaged, it loses all value. It's, it's done. So I uh, I actually I quite like Sentinels for a couple of reasons. Okay. Um, and that is because you know they're defensively weak, and I know that sounds really bizarre. But in Lan uh, in Baratheon, that can actually be very powerful uh, because of final strike. Right? It could be your final strike bait, but if you're, I mean, we'll get to this in a minute. What faithful are for? Yes, that's the problem. Is that the the Sentinels at the moment are not pulling the weight they need to pull with Sentinel, which I think is a good ability, by the way. Um, the the Sundering is nice, but you kind of get that on um, uh, Oz of the Fury. Um, so Sentinel just kind of like. Oh, base sundering doesn't really matter. And at that point, you're paying a point for an extra movement point. Mm, minus one armor, minus yeah, minus one armor, the same attack powerful basically as wardens. I do think that they're better than wardens. I do think that they're more expensive than wardens as a base unit. But they're not a six point unit. Unfortunately. Um and they just don't play into what Brathians want to do. Exactly. They're, um, it's like, hey, mobility's good. Not really a mobile faction. Um, yeah. Oh, Sundering's good. Uh, they're hitting on fours. They need to hit on threes. Mm -hmm. um, they're crap. <laughs> so bad. Um, I know Dave from Small Council likes to throw brawn in them. So then they get three up armor saves and. Um, five five round. And you're paying seven points for slightly buffed wardens. I mean, if you're paying seven points and they're not a Night's Watch unit level, you just play Kingsmen. Yeah. <laughs> Why not just play Kingsmen? Um, yeah, no. No, they don't, they, like don't, they, don't, they don't fit what the faction wants to do. And hell, even comparing them to wardens. Wardens will at least do their job of sit on the sit on the spot and try not to die. I've I've always liked Sentinels. I've always thought Sentinels I place in my heart I love running them. But I agree they're not good. And uh the models are in part the most dynamic models in the game. Or one of the most dynamic like base sculpts in the game for a unit, while also being one of the quite literally dumbest things in the world. Um Double Hammers, man. Like Double Hammers. Their attack is even called double hammers. I mean, you can't escape it. It's so fucking dumb. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, next six point unit, your choice. Um, let's just go to faithful. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. Perfectly good. Uh, the faithful's problem, if they have one, is that they kind of suck to range attacks. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah. They're kind of what you want in a unit. They've got the clap back, you know, the the damage, the potential to set off uh, something else, you know, the Lightbringers, uh, which I think it's probably just worth 
rating these Lightbringers right now. Lightbringers, where are they going? Good. <laughs> yeah. I think they're like they're up here. Um Yeah. Both of them. Uh I I really think that Lightbringers are fantastic and the fact that Faithful synergize with the Lightbringers is just brilliant. Like they're two six point units that have synergy with each other, that want to play around each other. They have a lot of synergy within that, like Relore, Stannis sides uh, mm. of the faction. Um two very solid infantry slash ranged units you want to run in that faction every time at six yeah um yeah i don't think you even look at other six point options when you have bringers or faithful available no. faithful block on fives they're susceptible to range attacks everything else they do um they're they both unlock your panic game if that's what you're going for um, mm -hmm. Panic situational, so it's not going to be great into Targaryens or Night's Watch um, or like a man's list. But the internal engine on Faithful, it works. There's no yeah. hiccups. Um, and I think so many times in this game, you have a unit. It's like, okay, it can do this and this and this. Like, but does it actually flow? Does it actually work? And with Faithful, it works. You you have good morale. You get a token every time you pass a test. You'll things you want to do with the tokens and those things are useful um probably like the only complaint you would have with them is um the defensive one where they give out hits it doesn't do anything when you're on full ranks but outside of that i mean it's phenomenal because you're given those hits before your opponent makes the attack even yeah. so if you're on your last rank and your opponent's like i'm gonna try to finish that unit off maybe you finish them off on their turn and you don't die in the process that's <laughs> Yeah, the, I, I, the hits ability, I think, punishes, uh, I think it punishes bad play, um, mm. which I think is fine. I think good players play around it and they work around it. They incorporate, right, well, I'm just not going to take a rank off you until, like, I might take one rank off you and then I'll kill you. Rather than saying, right, well, I'll get you down to like three or four wounds and then try and kill you. And then you go, oh, shit, my piddly attacker just got killed in this kind of melee. And you go, lol, <laughs> get wrecked. <Yeah. laughs> um, uh, so I do think they, they they encourage good players to work them out. But I think that's part of what makes them good is that they do. You have to think of a way. You have to come up with a strategy that's going to kill them. And you are rewarded in doing so. But the ability still does something with the shot from the Lightbringers coming in, potentially. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you can run attachments in both of these units and not feel terrible about it. Um, yeah. The Bolton player or Bolton captain, both are potential options for the faithful. Hey, um, people have been seen running this kind of, like, double faithful list with... Um, they run it with the Stagnite Noble, right? With the two-point attachment Stagnite Noble, which... that's That's been a thing going back to the start of the 2021 update. It was yeah. never great, but you know it's an option. Um, it's what Baratheons had to do when we had nothing else. Um, yeah. Lightbringers great with the Red Priestess, great with Bronn, great with Davos attachment. You're just missing out on Davos NCU if you run Davos attachment. I yeah. mean, throwing seven dice is great. Vicious is useful situationally, and mm -hmm. bouncing panic. Bouncing panic tests is can be devastating to Greyjoys. It can be devastating to 
free programming that's not using mance. Which, right. You just don't see those, I guess. But... <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, I'm happy with those two uh, being good. Very good. Um, look at the Renly side of the list now. Uh, Riders of High Garden. Situational. Top end, low end, middle tier. I place them right behind Mammoths. Okay. Uh, I, I, I can settle for that. Yeah. I think they're better than Red Cloaks. Yeah. Um, mobility's huge and their speed's six. Yep. I think they the... suffer from being, you know, like a mobile piece in a faction that doesn't support what they want to do, right? Because they're, they're quite fragile. Um, and they, when they get caught into a melee, you know, if they don't do something big on the charge, they get caught into a melee, they typically lose it. Um, which it can be difficult with a Renly side. Like, it's hard. It's actually very hard to keep the sustain up on these guys in Renly side. You almost want to charge in and then just willingly accept, take an activation to pull them out. Yep. And then, and just accept that you're not going to get the double hit off and win that engagement and then come in somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, they hit great. Um, and counter to Lance is to throw a weakened token out. Brathians have great token play, so they can oftentimes get rid of that weakened token, either with a Stag's Wit, or if you run Shira Errol. Yeah. I, I, I don't usually, but she's an option there. She exists. I have to mention it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're not, you don't want to leave them engaged. Um, right. And like I was saying, they don't have, as an individual unit, they look really nice. They can throw out those Tanadactites with Sundering. They don't need support to do something. What they fail, where 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 they fall apart is you're not going to have the activation advantage as a Baratheon player. Yeah, that's the problem. Ren Renly side doesn't have a four-point unit. The Dragonstone Noble, as bad as it is, it's only on Stannis' side. Yeah. Right. It's a big issue, and it's it's exactly why I don't think the High Garden Pikemen have had the problem at five. You know, I prefer them. I think they're better than Wardens, but they just don't work because they have to charge and they can't guarantee these charges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, situational unit. I think the Riders are good, but you can't run them into nine activation or even sometimes eight activation lists because you just don't have the ability to utilize them. Um, finishing us off then at six points, Thornwatch. Now that they've been reduced to six. Uh, this is a, a meme around these parts, because Carlo used to think these guys were trash tier at 7. Like, utter trash. Uh, are they playable at 6? Yeah, they're playable. Okay, so they're not bad. They're situational, I'd say. I think that they're probably better than Riders of Highgarden. Interesting. Yeah. Um, no, but maybe worse. I think they're actually behind Red Cloaks, maybe. Hmm. I they think see... that's right, them. They see play often with like a Loras attachment style in the, the the seven activation or six activation double champion lists, right? Or or Loras commander. Yeah. Um, but those style lists, isn't it? Those you've got your heavy cavalry doing the lifting, and these guys act as like a support. They're an piece. annoyance. They're um, yeah. They get in your opponent's face. They're they're a screening unit. Yeah. Um, they they do a great job at it because that heal. Yeah. Yeah. They fall apart when they run into units that do the I'm a light skirmishing unit better than they do, which are going to be 
nights watch ranger hunters and potentially the um cartel unit i haven't played it yet but i'm fig i'm assuming that maybe those outperform thorn watch um yeah but it's 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 a nice it's a nice tool and to have in the back of your pocket it gives you something you don't otherwise have a slow fact Um, all right then, moving into the last couple of factions, final units left in six points. Uh, Targaryens up next. Um, we've got Outriders. Good. Yeah, uh, I thought Outriders have been good for a while. Uh, I really like Outriders, the the dual kind of mobility that it can have um, versus the shot hitting on threes, range attack. You know, can reposition if they need to. A good unit. It's a big shame that they saw a bit of a nerf with Grey, Grey Worm, uh, the combo with Grey Worm. Losing battle endurance, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't an amazing combo, but it was nice. And now they've lost that. Pretty sad days. Um, but still a solid six-point unit, you know. Can't complain. Um, I think they do what these really high-end crossbow units try to do. Um, you look at... um. Like, I think one of the best things about builder crossbows, which everyone's like, oh, they're crap now. They still get that free that free shift and a free shot. I know it's at the weakest rank or whatever, but you can do so much with that. You can get in range for a short range for your rerolls. Mm-hmm. You can get out of range to make a charge impossible. You can shift sideways behind a friendly unit so that 50% of the front of your tray is no longer showing. Yep. There's so much so much utility there um and then i look at golden company crossbows kind of the same way it's like oh they have that sentinel i just don't think it necessarily works but i see like what they're going for but all those units have outriders have better because they have the free cab maneuver they yep. can they can get to an opponent's flank they can get into uh you know an annoying position um huh? you know Completely agree. Like literally everything you've said, I'm completely on board with. I think outriders are very good. Um, especially now they have a melee attack. Remember those days? That was yeah, when they had zero melee. <laughs> literally didn't have a melee profile, and we're all sat here being like, "Can these guys even kill like a palisade? <laughs> like, is that a thing that they're allowed to do?" <laughs> Shoot with arrows. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, no, I like the Outrider. I think it's uh, it's a solid pick. Screamers, on the other hand, where do you think Screamers go? Low end, good. Top end, situational. Yeah, I think the... I'm really struggling with Screamers. I don't know if Screamers are very good. I actually don't think Screamers pull the weight that they need to pull as kind of like the base six-point Targ cavalry. And if I think of very good Targ lists... You typically see, you know, some of the seven and eight point units, uh, specifically eight point, as we see picked up a lot in Blood Riders, Flayed Men, um, Veterans. We see Outriders at six. We see Harakars at five. We might see Stormcrow Mercs on Solid Officer for activation advantage, but Screamers, uh, you know, we see Jorah. We don't see Screamers make the cut, you know? So I'm looking at them, and I'm looking at Riders of Highgarden. Yep. They have similar damage output. Yeah. With the added benefit of they have the Targaryen deck that plays to what they want to do. They have Unsullied Officers and Jora and a means to get an activation advantage. So I think they have to be higher than Riders of Highgarden. 
And with that logic, I'd be fairly happy to put them at basically the same level. I, yeah, I don't think they're like an end-all, be-all unit. Um, I've talk, talked to Craig last yeah. week, and his his take on them is they exist to tie something up and to die. Um, yeah. They're not going to be elite piece, but they're at six. Yeah. They're not great. I wouldn't recommend them to anybody, but you might want to put them in a list uh, as a situational piece, definitely. Um, Greyjoys. House Harlow Reapers. How low do you want to go? These guys are utter trash. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know if they're as bad as some of these other things down here, but like... <sighs> I have a massive problem with Harlow Reapers, right? Harlow Reapers have a very very important ability which is the plus one wound from failed panic tests and vicious that is hugely important because it's a direct increase in damage that you can have mm -hmm. on a unit you know nothing that can say to you look i have seven attack dice and now, if you fail a panic test, there's a potential you take three to five wounds from a panic. And all of a sudden, you're saying, hang on, seven attack dice, and five wounds from panic. That's 12 wounds. I can kill you. That one ability that they have is enough for me to say to them, you have a place if I can mastermind how to make it work and everything in the Greyjoy faction does not help you do it <laughs> essentially except Dagmar Commander for coordination tactics because if you give that ability to a unit of Reavers so you get vicious sundering hitting on twos two extra damage from panic and you're able to set it up with an asher war cry there's not a terrible chance that you can charge a unit and go smack bang you're dead and when i say that everybody goes that's a lot of investment for all of that and i say <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> that's a huge investment for something that might work <laughs> uh no, I, I, they're the kind of unit I look at as a free folk player, and I go, I really want to make this unit work because I have access to World Nation Tactics, this, that, and the other. And then you yeah. go, what's the rest of your list? And I just go, oh, it's just full of four-point garbage because I haven't got any points left <laughs> to spend on anything good. And I need the activations because if I get charged first, everything fails. <laughs> um, yeah, these guys are not good. Um they're barely better than Reavers at five, and Reavers at five are not good. Right. <laughs> um, <sighs> sorry, sorry, Reapers. My one of my favourite units in the game. I love the idea of what they're trying to achieve. Literally one of the worst units in the game. Uh, sorry. Let's put let's put uh let's put my uh my my bloody moment skirmishers ahead of them. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. Give him a, give him a little buff. There we go. <laughs> oh, our lot of reapers. I cry. 
I cree. I cree. Uh, you cry every time. Every team. I, I, they're, they're probably the only unit, and Mikkel, Mikkel will probably love me for this. I really wish they had abilities that I could put them up here. If, if Harlow Reapers got a buff and they appeared in this category, I don't give a shit about the rest of the Gradio faction. If Reapers were up here, I would not be disappointed. I'd be a happy person. Um, right. Next up, the Martell Sunspear Dervishes. People are running them. People seem to say that they're good. I've never played them. I've so. never played them. They are appearing. Okay, as a six-point unit, they're the only six-point unit in Martells at the moment. But they're seeing play, and people are running them, and people seem to like them. Did we say they're situational? Uh... I'm going to say they're good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why nah. not? Nah. I, I don't know any better, so I can't refute or yeah. advocate or... They're, they're probably quite a situational, maybe appearing in here. But for now, I'm going to put them in good. They seem like they've got a decent stat line. The only the only real downside is the 4-plus to hit, which I know is like the end of the world. But they come with precision, which is okay. The potential to get crit blow, that's pretty good. Um, precision and crit blow. Yeah. And the elusive escape on swift retreat. Yep. Nice combo. Oh, yep. You get hit. Yep, yep, yep. Synergizes. Yeah. Six speed. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. you want. Yeah. Um, Looks good on paper. So there we go. Uh, Desmond really wants a petition for the lowering uh, both Dothraki schemas and the War Mammoth. No. No. <laughs> I might like. I personally would lower screamers. I'd probably have screamers myself. Would put screamers down here because I think there are better options in targs at what screamers are looking to do. I think war mammoths are fine because they're the only six point infantry, a uh, six point free folk unit you've got. So if they're the only six point unit you've got, they're fine. You're not comparing them with anything. Just yeah. Um, so what are we? What are we saying would be better than the cloaks? Maybe Stark Bowman. I can holy shields. I can understand it, because if we're looking on appearance levels, I do think Screamers probably appear slightly less than the likes of Red Cloaks. I think Stark Bowman would be probably further up the list. I don't actually think Shield, Tully Shields, are that common. Which is, yeah, you know, if we're talking about like how often they're Probably that might be a bit better. Maybe as if we talk about like appearance levels combined with it, maybe. I'd still want to throw... Riders of High Garden behind the Screamers. Yeah, I think I'd pull them down a little bit as well. Yeah. Something like that might be a bit better. I, I, I'd put Thornwatch ahead of Blackguard. You reckon? Yeah. Okay. I'm happy with that. Swap Screamers and Zorse is over. No, pull. No. <laughs> Zorse, bad. Bad Zorse. If we say Bajor things are bad... Bajora! Bajora! Painting maneuver! <laughs> Uh, I mean, I actually do think Zorse is... Zorse, I will say this. Zorse Riders are better than fucking Clegane's Mountain, man. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're going to get a charge. Um, we can put them ahead of uh, Berserkers and Halbs and... They're not quite as good yeah, as we'll Kingsman. Yeah, we'll put them uh, right, where, right behind Kingsman. There actually, we go. We'll give them this. They can be the, the best worst unit. <laughs> the best worst unit. There we go. Um, anyway, we'll move on to Tier 7, because that was just Tier 6. I'm already 2 hours and 15 minutes in. <laughs> Jeez, tier six. Holy shit. I feel like there's less in tier seven to talk about and tier eight to talk about because we're talking about things that are they put like straight up are these things gonna have synergies that pull yeah. weight? Six 
you're either you know you're situational you tech piece things like that seven you better be good so seven you better be good because you're one point less than eight you better be almost as good as an eight yeah uh we'll start off and we'll go through the factions like we did before the neutrals um bolton bass and girls they're good you can trigger two panic tests you can have a ranged attack you hit hard they suffer in the current meta from auto hits. They are squishy. Yeah. They can generate a they can generate a vulnerable token. I think if you've got anything in your list, anything in your deck that can take advantage of what the Bolton Barca girls want to do, then I think the Bolton Barca girls could be pretty good. I think they're too situational though. I think if you don't have a way of doubling them down and they're just kind of this missile that you send in. At seven points, especially with the auto wound, uh, auto hit mechanic and things like this, um, I don't think that the bastard girls make the cut into the good category because okay. they're they're just too limited on on what options they've got available. I think they're also limited in um, a meta where Cav are good. Yes. Kind of negate some of their speed of mobility, and they're also limited in factions where you can't get an activation. Yeah, and the problem so you, is you you have to be able to set up a charge with them, yeah. get value. If, if you're they... just sitting back throwing four four, four dice at range, freeze. that's not that great. No, you have to be able to commit them, and to be able to commit them safely, you have to have an activation advantage. Yeah, completely agree. Um, all right, moving on. Golden Company Swordsman. Situational. Yeah, I think they are almost... It sounds really weird. At seven points, they aren't necessarily pulling their weight at seven points, but they've got some nice combos. Like, whereas the Bolton Barton Barca girls can do really weight-pulling stuff with the right combos, I think Golden Company Swordsmen are probably on the lower end of that seven. Mm -hmm. um, but they are... Like, they have combos that work. They're not trash. They are... A decent unit. Their stat line is fine. I think they have play in Baratheons, especially on Renly's side. Yeah. Um, I think they have play in Lannisters. Yeah. Um, I don't think they'll see play in huge factions as neutrals, right? And uh, the neutral deck doesn't support anything but basically Boltons, so it's unlikely that you'll run these in neutrals. If um, you want to unlock an elephant, you're going to want the swords, not the crossbows. <laughs> yeah. More on crossbows later. No. no. <laughs> um, yeah, they, I think they're good. I think they're 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 okay. They're situational. You know exactly where situational should be. Is that the last <sighs> neutral? Oh no, there's dervishes still. Hang on. Interlude. Brief musical interlude. Do -do 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 -do. Did we forget <laughs> our Clarence said he had not forgotten anything. I don't think the Golden Company War Elephant is on that list. <gasps> I think he's missed it off. But we'll do wow. them next, seeing as they're Let's they're do leads. them right now. Yeah. yeah. I actually think at seven, they're probably better than the Swordsman. They but... are an absolute unit on the charge. Yeah. And there are ways you can amplify them. Yes. If you can give them crit blow with Andrew Estermont's card or An auto six extra, charge. extra auto six charge, yeah. or if you can give them extra attack dice. I know there are a couple commanders out there that can manipulate things. 
um, Joffrey could give them extra attack dice. Um, I, I know, but like we're talking about like the potential of this unit. Um, they can be an absolute missile, and that's what they're gonna. That's how you're gonna use them, right? Yep. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they, go they would in go in situational. situational. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, Evan's right. You know, you have to take swordsmen to get them, which hurts them. Yes, that is actually the truth. Is that they're, because they're behind this paywall, they mm -hmm. have to. They can only be situational. Um, that's the problem. Like they are behind a paywall of something situational. They're but therefore by itself effectively becoming situational. Um, so yeah. Uh, we promised them a good neutral unit before eight points, Mickey. What are we gonna do? We're gonna give them hedge knights. Hell yeah, we are. Yeah. Hedge, hedge knights, knights are good, folks. If you don't have eight points to spend on something like flayed men or a heavy cavalry unit, if people look at hedge knights and go, actually. That's fine. As a like this weird thing in the game, they're not lance cavalry, they're not light cavalry, they're not heavy cavalry. There's weird amalgamation mid-tier cavalry unit, um, medium cavalry, if you will. Hedge knights are great. They've been appearing in lots of lists all the time in odds and sods here and there. They don't win events, you know, because usually played men are winning events or internal cavalry are winning events, but they are good at seven. I'm gonna say, sundering and vulnerable is. Good. Yep. And I'm gonna say Sundering and Vulnerable is good here in a minute. Then I have to say Hedge Knights are good. Yep. They're more maneuverable than the other Sundering and Vulnerable unit that is gonna be on this list. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. Dervishes, the last of the neutral seven-point unit. We can just throw in bad and just move on. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're weird. They're not bad. They're infantry trying to be cavalry, and why would you ever take infantry when you can take cavalry? And they're morale seven. They, they even have, this is the bit that annoys me, they even have quite a nice suite of abilities that actually do work well, kind of well with each other. Yeah. You just can't leverage it. There's, there's very few factions that can leverage this into anything that matters. And that's a real shame. Because in theory, they shouldn't be that far behind things like Ranger Hunters, the Martel Skirmishes and things like this. But they really are. Um, yeah, they're just not pulling the weight they need to do. And you compare these with the Martel Dervishes as a comparison. Like, these are not that far off being an okay unit at 7. And Sunspear Dervishes at 6. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, yep. please. Yeah. Um, all right then, neutrals out of the way. Starks. Um, I guess House Mormon bruises exist. I think we anyway, can at the very bottom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's move on to great axes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll say this: I don't think great axes are good. Right. I think they're borderline. They might see play. They're borderline situational. I know they're very popular in France. Very, very popular. Great People are picking up Great Axes because they're running to Baratheons and they need to kill Champions of the Stag. And they feel like Great Axes is a method of doing so. Yeah. If that is... I know, I know in 1.6, you know, as Baratheon players, we would always say, I would rather have Great Axes than Stag Knights. 
And that yep. was back when great X's were seven and stagnites were eight. It's like, I'd rather have great X's at eight than stagnites at seven. Mm -hmm. um, they changed a bit with the 2021 update where they're now an anti-armor piece. But that is situational. If you run into a, you know, heavy armor skew list, mm -hmm. you need an anti-armor piece. And I'm struggling to think of what the other anti-armor piece Starks have outside of like Shaggy. <laughs> and Tully Cavaliers, right? Tully Cavaliers, I guess that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you don't have another option really. So yeah, I I'm I'm I wouldn't call these a unit that I personally think are great. I wouldn't consider them an amazing piece. But I do think, you know, outside of my opinion, they are popular in France. They're doing quite well in France. They're, a lot of the French guys coming over and saying, oh, yeah, you run great axes in a start list all the time as a one-of. And I'm like, cool. I don't think they're good. I don't like them. If you do, great. Uh, so that's Starks 7, um, which complete lack of, you know, we talk about six options. There's tons, seven, very few options, really. Um, and then we move into Lannisters at 7. Clegane, Brigands, bad. Warrior Sun's good. Yep. Clegane, Brigands, just trash. Again. They should be six. <laughs> and someone was saying that like their ability doesn't even work the way you think it works. No, because their ability is determined before you make the attack, like all abilities, right? You establish what the abilities are before the attack. Uh -huh. Meaning that when they charge, if you're both on full health, that literally that brutal armaments doesn't do any extra damage because they don't have destroyed ranks when you make the attack assuming they're both both in full health woof so they literally yep, don't good... even synergize with themselves that's <laughs> like... a good spot for them right there with the bruisers yeah god they're terrible uh but warrior sons i mean warrior sons. pseudo hardened yeah hardened is good still kind of so uh, and everyone knows adam warrior yeah. sons is a thing. Um, pyros. I don't like pyros. I think they the pyros used to be okay, and really, really, they used to be really kind of like hit or miss. Like they either die. I think they're better than they used to be. Really? Yeah. They used to only throw six. Now they throw seven. Yeah, but now like, now they have horrific visage. But they just get killed. They do get killed, but you can throw Adam in them. Give him hardened. Six morale, you probably just die to the panic. They're an anti-armor piece, the way great axes are. I'll be fair. I will rate them, roughly speaking, the same as... Right. Again, actually, I think France quite enjoy pyromancers. Um, yeah. They, they, they struggle to ranged attacks. Yep. But if you're running into Champions of the Stag, I don't want to run into pyros. No, oh, yeah, I forget you're a Brathian player. You look at Pyros and go, ah! <laughs> I, I, I do! It's like, you know, we talk about these pieces, like, oh, that's not great, but it's like, man, I'm glad people aren't running this. Yeah, but come on, you just run a Stannis list and shoot them with Lightbringers and go, lol. <laughs> uh, there you have me. <laughs> um, all right, so that's Lannis is nice and easy. One in each. A bit like, uh, well, Starks don't have a top one, which is a shame. Um, all right, the next... Uh, faction that was released is Night's Watch. And if anyone doesn't know Night's Watch and Seven Point Units, um, they have a few. <laughs> uh, should we start off with the burning one that everyone is going to say is like you know, obvious? I want to start off with Horn Brothers. Yeah, okay. 
because I just finished saying vulnerable and sundering is good. So put those guys at the very tippy top. Yeah. And rerolls, right? And rerolls on the And rerolls. Yeah. As if they didn't have enough what they want and everything synergizes perfectly and there's, how about, no, how about, how there's about, no inefficiencies and no waste and how about if you take a rank you still hit seven dice because you got a watch captain or you hit on eight dice or or you, you, have Snow, you get boldness and courage and nine dice uh, you know oh and you can uh oh gosh let's not even get to the added dice because we haven't even talked about ranger hunters yet <laughs> which we will do now <laughs> that also i think they go above sworn bros okay so you can get and I've done the math on this. You get plus one attack die from Jon Snow. Or let's say you don't run Jon. So you run a watch captain. Then you can get yeah. relentless. So plus one attack die there. Sword in the darkness plus attack die. I know he's not a popular pick, but Corn Halfhand can give you plus one. That's ten attack dice. What about a watch marshal AoE? Short range plus one attack dice. Boom. So eleven attack dice. On the melee active, attack. On the melee. So I'll come with my math here, Mickey. <laughs> Activate Order That's two attacks Relentless yep. Sword space And um, What am I forgetting They can do They can go five Activate, They have the range Right Ranged Ranged And then They have to retreat Make a shot um, They can do five attacks Right I think five Six One of the Six Six if there's the um the quest card if a unit dies. Yeah, five five with four of them being melee if you really wanted to. That's Which... sixty attack dice. Sixty one attack dice. Tech technically, yeah, but it's been four elevens, right? Forty four. Then the range attack is only at eight. Takes you to fifty two. Like you can but my point is you can get around that level of dice. Right. In a meta where Almost every unit, barring Landscav, is capped at seven attack dice. Yeah. You have a unit that can throw out 60 plus attack dice in one. Yeah. Fucking broken. <laughs> it's nuts. They're just nuts. Um, they are, I mean, the, the interesting thing is they're arguably carrying the Night's Watch faction a little bit, hunters. Um, and we are talking a lot of synergies there, you know, taking swords and things like this, but... Yeah, yeah. I know I'm talking like maximum potential here, but... Even if we took um, an average potential, rolling 20 to 30 dice from this unit in a round... 20 to 30 dice when everyone else is capped at 7. Yeah. And at best, you know, other factions will be rolling 14 if yeah. they get attack and charge. Um, yep. Yeah, these guys are these guys are good. They they are absolute mincing machine, and they are the reason. Like, I think traps are good, right? Traps being good is irrelevant of ranger hunters. Yeah, I okay, was uh, I, I was take three running, hits and then and then murder what you're gonna murder anyway. Yeah, I I was running traps in 2021, not season one before traps got buffed. Because I thought traps were okay and useful into free folk, what free folk wanted, and now traps got buffed. I can a hundred percent say to you, I saw traps and thought they're good. I am going to put lots of trappers in my list because I'm scared shitless of ranger hunters. Like, yeah, it. This is the unit in the game which I am most scared of. It is a list I have teched 
so many things against. It's more OP than Mance. I str- I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I don't. I don't agree. I think, oh, I know, right? It's a modesty. Okay, man. I, I think Mance is probably better, but like, people say, oh, but it loses to Free Folk, right? And the Free Folk list that people see, specifically the ones like I built and was like, run trappers, run lots of fucking trappers, do this, do that, do that. I literally teched my list because I looked at Ranger Hunters and went, they are fucking scary. How the fuck do I kill them? And my list is entirely set up around how you kill Ranger Hunters. Well, they they only block on fours. Fives, technically. Fives. Yeah. Okay, but shields exist, and aiming exists, and fires exist, and uh, conscripts exist. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm not going to rattle on about it anymore. I think they're very strong. I think basically any faction in the game likes Ranger Hunters in their list. I think that it just so happens that Night's Watch take a massive advantage of them as well. The synergies there are nuts. I mean, the, for the Watch synergy of horses with John is insane. Um, you know, what did you do on your opening of the round? I did a charge off a zone that I want to block into my hardest matchups, and I was able to shoot something else potentially, or do whatever, um, and I still haven't activated. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I didn't spend a card for it, really. Uh, it's just it's always there. I can just always do that if I want to. Ah, oh, brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Um, yeah. Um, all right then. So I know they nerfed crossbows. Yes. Hunters and sworn bros are still so good. I'm gonna put crossbowmen into the middle tier here. Um, I, yeah, I, I would too. Yeah. My, I don't my... think they're bad. No, they're not. They're not bad. They they're are just situations. the same price point, so that Night's Watch players aren't incentivized to run them. No, and because they don't have the four-up armor that Lightbringers or Lancer crossbows do, they lose out to ranged duels. And so it's like, oh, this is bad that my seven-point unit is losing to a six-point unit in a duel. That I'm actually, aside, I'm actually going to say, aside, I'm going to say that they're probably top of bad. Then they're losing oh. to six. No, no, no. They're losing oh. to six-point units. And I think I'm I i do not think they're a bad unit, right? But if they're losing to six point units fulfilling the same role most of the time, then I think we've got to be honest in that they're probably not a good pick. I think they're still situational. I think the utility from ready aim release still puts them up. Okay. Okay, I'll let you have that. But I think they're bottom end. I really do think that they are borderline bad. I, I do mean that. And I don't think that, this is the thing, I don't think they're a bad unit. I just think that mm. you probably just don't run them because of the other things in this category. So, uh, Ranger Vanguard. Bad. Yeah. Outflank's just shit. Um, there you go, chat. I'm not entirely biased against Night's Watch. I said one thing they have is bad. Yeah, the the ambush thing is better. They're better than Stormcrow Dervishes, right? They're still a Night's Watch unit. They still have the synergies. Still, and they're still a cavalry unit. They just, they really don't give much synergy uh, with anyone. I mean, the best they get is with Benjin Commander, like Mountain mm-hmm. Commander, and they're still not Which great. You can throw Benjin and Trackers instead of Vanguard. Yeah. Um. Not good. Uh. Naxalb says only four attacks for ready aim release. Yes, true, but um, the thing is, is that like they're still crossbowmen, 
and crossbowmen are good at six. Like the crossbowmen, lightbringer stuff that we see at six is good. These guys are still good, just they cost a point more and they get up in ability, which is okay, like to trash. Mm -hmm. They're still a good unit base. Yeah. I mean, okay. As a guy that runs champs, I don't want to see nice watch crossbows across the field from me. Yeah. I'm still slow. They can still ready and release, even though it's only four dice. You know, sundering, and I'm plotting around. I know they lost a bunch of synergy with Awful when Awful got nerfed, and they still have what better than average, still have good morale and better than average um, melee profile, right? Mm -hmm. Which I mean, you shouldn't be using them in melee, but you know, above, at least they're hitting on fours. Yeah, I think the big thing, the, the, you know, the elephant in the room, if you will, they no longer synergize as well, even remotely. They're, they're probably the only unit of the ones we've looked at so far, the only infantry unit anyway, that does not synergize that well with the ranger, uh, sorry, the watch captain. Mm -hmm. um, the watch captain synergy, unfortunately, just isn't there anymore. Um, and watch captains are good. So... Watch captains are good. Yeah. They're probably the best attachment in the game. This generic guy you never heard of. Yeah, I mean, I would say that they might not be the best, but they're one of the best. Like, they would be, they'd be a good in the good category here by a long shot. Um, and yeah, you're right, they're generic. Yeah, there are some one-point attachments who I think are very good. Uh, sure, in, more cost-effective, maybe. Yeah, or some of the, like, the Less of an investment. Torment, maybe Star yeah. War for two, sure he's two points, but like that's totally worth it in a unit of raiders in a man's bubble. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, Shadow Tower Spearmen. <sighs> what do you think of them? I have to say situational. Right? Really? Yeah. You're gonna throw them in bed. I I don't think they're good, but. What I will say is that Shadow Sour Spearmen are not particularly good units, but as long as the absolutely ball-crunching meme of set for charge, hit and run, Benjen's hit and run that can activate when you didn't have to be engaged to start with, while that combo exists in any form, it always can just be an absolute feel-bads moment of your opponent wasting a, like, Tully Cavalier charge or a Knights of Castle Rock charge on this unit. Oh, I'm going to punch through them with something big. Oh, yeah, I poked you and then retreated an inch, and now you don't get to attack. Fuck you. Yeah, it's that one combo with Benjen. Yeah. Like, that... kind of a one-trick one pony. Yeah, it is literally a one-trick pony, but while that exists, like, that Can't one... Can't say they're bad. No. And it, they aren't good, right? I'm not going to sit here. If anyone right. watching this is thinking, oh my god, he's just saying they're good because they're Night's Watch. I'm not saying they're good because they're Night's Watch. They're not a good unit. They're they're my Night's Watch friend's biggest thing to complain about. Yeah, they're not good. Like, I am 100% fine if they complain about this unit. It's not good. But while Benjin with that combo exists, it's just upsettingly annoying. Mm -hmm. um, and who's playing Benjin? Yeah, that's a good point. Who is playing Benjin? Nobody. That's why it's, that's why it's situational. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, for the memes. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
situational <laughs> for getting rid of friends you don't like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Veterans of the Watch. I think that they are better than Bottom Garter Girls. I think they are decidedly situational, but they're, they're, they're close to being good. You know, veterans don't probably make every Night's Watch list. They're not making the Night's Watch lists that we're seeing do very well. But with Donald, like Donald is the highest rated Night's Watch commander and Donald make veterans a nightmare. Yeah. I think like in a vacuum, that is a good seven-point unit. Yep. I think they're pushed down because Sworn Brothers and Hunters are busted. So yep. it's like, why, why would I take bets when I could take Sworn Bros or, or, or um, Hunters, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, just looking at them themselves, Counter-Strike is kind of meh, but when you couple it with Disrupt, it's some more value. And then you consider... Coldy hands. Cold hands exist. Yeah. Wow. An enemy that was hitting on threes is now hitting on fives. Get fucked. <laughs> yeah. Some people have been saying these guys need a three plus armor. Uh, no. No. They do not need a three plus armor save. Um, if these guys had a three plus armor save. If they had three plus armor saves, they'd be definitely. They'd be up there with Sworn Bros and Hunters where they are right now. I think. I, I actually think they'd be borderline unkillable. Yeah. Right. I have no desire to see that. I know, I know, I know. Night's Watch players have complained about only having four up armor, and like, if you were going to give a unit three up armor, okay, well, it's vets because vets are their defensive unit. Um, I think you'd have to change something else. Though you'd have to, I don't know, expunge shields from the deck or something, or maybe even just move them to eight points. And I don't, I yeah. don't think they'd see play at eight points. Unfortunately, um, I. You can't have a three-point unit like that. That unit with cold hands existing and stuff like that. You're already out activating. Have better action efficiency and everything else. You can't give them a three-plus armor and say, "Look, I can now just ignore traps and then just walk mm -hmm. around." Like I ignore auto yeah. hits now. Oh, what yeah. the fuck does kill you? <laughs> I guess. I guess the thing that is going against them is they don't play the game that 99% of Night's Watch players want to play, which is I want to go and kill everything on the other side of the table. I am of a one-track mind. I'm going to table my opponent. I don't care what the mission is. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, that doesn't... This unit doesn't facilitate my one and only battle plan the way hey. that Sworn Bros or Ranger Hunters do. 765 is not a bad profile, though, on 3+. plus. Not bad. You know not what bad. I mean? At least the Sworn Brothers have a bigger drop off. Yeah. Um, no, I'm very happy with them being situational. I don't think they're the top list. They're definitely not the top, thing. Top, spam. top, tippity top of situational. Yeah. Um, yeah, Anders says it exactly. Three plus arm with shields, shield will disrupt and raven flock would be hilarious. Yeah, it would be virtually impossible. Hilarious. Virtually impossible <laughs> to kill anything. And your friend never plays with you ever again. Oh, I've got... <laughs> I got this unit, and I've got cold hands for four points. We're giving me activation advantage, and he can't die. And then I have Donnelly. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> what kills you? Ranged attacks over a period of time. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, no. Um, no, I have no desire to see that. Thank you very much. I also uh, stealthily added Shadow Tower Spearman into bad. 
because local Bree is right i'm not rating combos i'm rating units and while i do think that combo is particularly gregarious and ridiculous i don't think you like it's not good enough to run benjin with shadow tower spearman like, you don't so. win games doing that you you lose friends doing that um, i will allow it <laughs> yeah and a nice 222 now as well for the night's watch which for 60 units makes a lot of sense and you know yeah free folk i have two units here some giants giants and bone lords chosen well mickey I'll, let, I'll defer to you on these. Giants have giants have vicious, but I mean they, like, have, they have vicious. Like this is how bad this is how bad giants if, are though, right? If you don't kill them, they'll hit you harder. If you <laughs> hit them a little, or Gi giants aren't even that good with a mag deck. They can toss boulders. Yeah. And set up for Mag and One One to do all of the work. Like this, this is a not a seven point unit that you put in a non. Like at seven points, we said before they should be like good units. They should be having output. They should be having impact on the board. They simply aren't good enough in Free Folk to warrant like a high impact. You have to invest resources in them to make them do anything. Yeah. And that's just flawed. Like that's just flawed. Um, because the resources you're putting into them aren't good resources. Like it's stuff that you don't want to spend to make them good. Nah, I, I I'm gonna put them in situational, but I don't like I don't like them. Um, they, they can be they can be tough for a faction that doesn't have access to auto wounds. Yes, because um, of the double wound feature. But then you just don't attack them. And then they do, ah, oh, I did D3 wounds to you this turn, and then did a vicious panic check. And it's like, oh, so, like, the maximum wounds I'm taking is six, ever, unless I do something or you play there's too many. Okay. Like, I can afford to lose half of my unit, maybe. Do you think they'd be better in another faction? Like, is this be, like, a faction-specific shortcoming? Maybe. It's like they just don't synergize with what you're trying to do with running lots of activations as mans, or... Maybe. I, honestly, I just view them as a bullet sponge. Like, if I'm going to run them, they're a unit I put out and say, look, you can't charge my infantry that's actually going to do all the work. Here's just a big lump of meat that you're going to try yeah. and kill first. And they're if, they had, if they had a cav maneuver, I think... Yeah. You know what? Even if... They'd be dangerous. I I could see giants, and I think one of the few things that I would arguably like to see giants, I think a lot of people would be like, that's ridiculous. But for savage giants, I would like to see them have, not a cav move, but even if they could pivot when they activated. Yeah. So at least they could see shit and do something. You can't just walk around the side of them and then they go, oh no, shit. <laughs> <laughs> What do I do now? <laughs> I'm a five movement, seven point unit with a tiny little frontage that can't see jack shit. Fuck. <laughs> I guess I'll turn round. Oh. oh no, you ran away again. Oh, I better come over. Oh, I finally caught you. I did six wounds. Yay! 
now you know how it feels to play Baratheons, Mickey. <laughs> I already knew what it feels. <laughs> this is why I don't play this shit. <laughs> uh, that Baratheon badge didn't earn itself. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the I'm actually in agreement with ones like they just need a different attack ability. I, I, yeah. I the. I like the idea of having this auto wound mechanic, but it's just bad. They should just have like four or five dice that hit on threes and then get an extra attack dice like Shaggy for every wound they're missing or something like that. And then you go, oh, you did five wounds to a giant. It's on one health and now it's rolling like 11 dice. And you go, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Serves you right for not killing me. Because that's what it does tried, anyway. They tried like, a couple times to do this. The more a unit gets hurt, the more the more shit it gets. Whether yep. this was old stag champs or stag knights um, used to gain keywords for each rank they're missing, or current Starks getting more as they go down in ranks, and even giants as they gain wounds. Yep. And I just don't think it's ever been good. The the Varamir Shaggy stuff is good because the wounds are low. And the attack's yeah. okay. The thing is with these guys, it's like an all or nothing, right? Either, oh yeah, you you did a couple of wounds to this guy, and this guy suddenly starts cleaving you, and it's like, shit, I just lost like D3 plus 4 wounds from one dice roll that I can't interact with, like aside from a weakened token. That's nuts. And then on the other side, I'm like, yay, I did D3 wounds. Great. I'm so glad I paid points for 7 points of this unit. Um, and the thing is, like, holding objectives, solos aren't good at holding objectives in a lot of game modes at the moment. Um, you know, and, the, and the, the the big killer, sure, like, they got buffed to 5 morale, but 5 morale is not even that good in the game at the moment, because everything that matters runs 5 morale anyway. Um, yeah. It's really so, the arms race between yeah. morale modifiers and morale values. Yeah. To where so, 6 is now a bad morale. It's unlikely you'll ever one-shot them. You need to do four wounds through the double hit and then fail the panic for crit. Uh, or two damage, you know, with the maximum they can take. But, like, anything that's worth its salt will do wounds to you at the end of a round and then open the next round with more. Or it just won't do any wounds to you at all. So. Yeah. No, giants are bad. Um, Bonal's chosen up next. I like them as a piece to run against players who I think I can beat if I want to run worse stuff, right, tabletop. If I want to take my free folk along to games day and one of the newer players runs on the board or one of the players who's not as good um, wants to play up a, game, a matchup, I might run Rattleshirt Commander in Bonal's Chosen and play a little bit of a meme list and be like, haha, this, you know, I'll play the kind of hero unit that walks around and it's like, does all the work, right? Against good players, you're not allowed to get away with that. It just doesn't work. Um, and Rattleshirt Commander's not good. So you don't run Rattleshirt Commander. And then you're saying you need to run... This is a 9-point unit with Rattleshirt 2-point attachment in there. Sure, it's horrific visage. It's um, intimidating presence. You've got spread fear. You've got prey and fear. All of this tech that's lovely at working together really well that you have to run when running this unit. But at the end of the day, I'm like, but I'm still just a five armor, six morale unit at seven or at this point, nine points. You're just going to kill me. Like this unit defensively 
is not that dissimilar to Pyromancers. Could you put it at the bottom of the like, unique guard units? I think uh, Kingsguard are a better unit than their package gives them because Joffrey's just so shit. <laughs> um, Rauchert does synergize really well with the Bone Lords Chosen. So, like, that is a positive thing. I think that's really good. But, like, yeah, I, I, I don't think they're as terrible as the overall package of Kingsguard being. You are not going to see Bone Lords Chosen in a good Free Folk top tier list. Ever. Like, it's just a bad combo. Um, and there are the memes. And if anyone's never seen the meme, you run this Bone Lords Chosen with two-point route shirt going to nine points. You put Harmer's Bannerman in them for one more point, taking you ten. And then you run Steer Commander, and you put Steer Commander for Iron Resolve and then Supremacy in this unit with Regroup and Reform. And you they attack you, and they go, ah, take a panic test with minus three for my ranks, and then minus one for Intimidating Presence and plus one wound. You take a minus four plus one, and then you whip out a there's too many, and it's hang on, that's a minus seven plus four. Shit! <laughs> you lost a rank on the attack, and then they're unlikely to kill you on the attack, and you pop steers, then supremacy, and you go, now take another minus four plus four test. <laughs> and you just go, you're dead. <laughs> uh, but that, like, that's not fun for your opponent. Like, It's one of those weird, it doesn't work against good players, but this is a list that actively plays into bad players. Yeah. What do you think, Kurt? I mean, have you ever played them against them? I don't think I have. No. I think, no, 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 no I, I have. Yeah. Like, once. And, and I just don't remember it that well. No, exactly. It probably had very little impact. You probably didn't give a care. Yeah. I think I remember it like being kind of it was either that or the weeper, and I was like, oh hey, free folk have some panic stuff they can do. And that was probably more a reaction to there's too many than the Bone Lord's chosen. It was yeah. so long ago, it's hard to recall. That's fine. But... We'll move on to something you know a lot more about then. Oh. Baratheon. Oh, what should we do first? Your choice. You're the Brathian man. Okay. Let's go with uh, the Kingsman. Okay. Where do you want to put them? I'd say they're situational. Maybe you disagree with me, but I think they're... I, I think, they're, uh... think they probably have more play than House Bottom Bastard Girls in Brathian. Um, I think that they I are think I, I think that's right where I would put them. Yep. Um, Adam, uh, sorry, Andrew Commander in them is a classic combo, uh, very popular. Uh, they're just cycling ours is the fury. I think I think my issue it's with the Kingsman... only place you put Andrew, which yeah. is a little annoying. Yeah, the the actual problem with King's Men is I don't think you ever see them run outside of Andrew. Like they only work with Andrew particularly well. If I'm feeling spicy, I like to throw Dario attachment in them. Okay. Sure. That's real spice memes level, but like... Yeah. I, I still just don't think you run them over the other seven-point unit, the Queensman. Yep. Who, Queensman are good. I'm telling you, are better than Warrior Sons. 
the the synergy. I don't, that... I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah. The the synergy within the factions insane. Like yeah, they're uh, they're phenomenal. Who hasn't seen Queen's Men in a Stannis side tournament winning list as of late? And in terms of to the last Queen's Men do it better than King's Men do. Yep, the plus one morale. You know the the Stannis yeah Iron Resolve doesn't synergize that well with the King's Men side stuff. Like there's no real like bonuses there. Um, and yeah, once is that because Queen's Men are so much better compared to King's Men? Basically, yes. Yeah. King's Men have one synergy, and that's where they get played, and they're not bad. They have one synergy with the worst commander in the faction. Yeah, or that side of the faction, right? And uh, and Queen's Men have got the best synergy. I think I think I think Andrew's lowest in on Renly side. Maybe, yeah, maybe, that might be true. We we could check, but really Evan saying they um, may be better than Swarm Brothers. I I I think it's I I don't I think Swarm Brothers are better because I think there's just so much more the Swarm Brothers can do. But I do think if we're talking about like Swarm Brothers are one of your best aggressive infantry armor breakers, and I think Queen's Men are one of your best defensive yeah. units in Queen's the game. Queen's Men are innately more defensive, yeah. and then are kind of comparing offense to defense. I think that the... arguably offense is more valuable than defense is in this yes. game. Yeah. Um I think they're both kings of the I think they're both kings. I think a lot of Queensmen value comes from almost from being like a support piece. Like both Kingsmen and Queensmen are kind of support pieces in yeah. that they go and they get cards. Um and talking about like the, talking about this in context of the faction, Stannis' side does not have a card drafting NCU. No. Still, still to this day, does not have one. I always thought Melisandre should be a card drafting NCU instead of this, what we consider negative play experience panic bomb from the sky, but um, she isn't. So I thought maybe Davos would be a card draw NCU because he learns how to read. He isn't. I love Davos. So I'm not going to say, like, change Davos. We haven't had that tool anywhere else yet. No. So this is our kind of like makeshift version of ability to go get cards. And it's um, a good set of cards. You know, it tokens is. It used, it used to be bad, but now it's good because they buffed justice and conviction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, uh, people saying, you know, that they're better than Swarm Brothers or whatever. For me, I think they are both very similar. I think they're both like... From what we understand so far, I would say both are best in role. Swarm Brothers are probably the best armor cracker in the game at seven, and I think Queen's Men are the best defensive infantry unit at seven. I don't yeah. think, you know, the only other one up there is Hunters, who are the best um, lawnmower at seven, right? Um, these mm -hmm. are the best units pretty much at seven. They are borderline the best infantry units in the game. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to sit here and. Yeah. Take apart which one fits like Baratheon. Night's Watch are better than Baratheons, therefore Baratheon I rate lower slightly. But That's I do fair. think that they are all very, you know, top of the list trees stuff. Um So yeah. Uh and that brings us to Rose Knights. Who are ah. <sighs> You Rose don't want Knights... to put them in bad, but you kind of want to put them in bad. Yeah, Rose Knights annoy me because Rose Knights. Well, you're a Brathian player. Do you ever call them Seven Point Wardens? We used to call Queensmen Seven Point Wardens. Yeah. Back before they got buffed. Um, 
Rose Knights are kind of now the new 7.4 Um They lost, yeah. what was it, Dauntless? Yes. Um, they and they suffer the same... Now. They suffer the same problem giants suffer, which is if you don't hit them, they don't do shit. Yeah, seven dice on threes is fine. Like, seven dice on threes is... Yeah. Like, everything runs at seven points. The problem is they don't really... They don't do anything There's else. Nothing extra. I I will give them better than giants. I think because they got the the auto wound engine. If you run something like uh, Loras or Renly, can get going in them. They can work quite well. They synergize there. They've got combos. They've got three plus armor, which is never a bad thing. They are four four movement. They are slow. They, are they don't plodding. have great morale for their point they can still they can still or, be the grinder though right they yeah they can they can grind they can if okay like the ideal situation for a rose knight is i have an elite infantry unit in this rose knight and my opponent has maybe an eight point elite infantry unit and my rose knights can trade up against an eight point infantry unit and beat them because i have healing and auto wounds yep and once everyone realized that back when Unsullied Swords were eight. They never ran into that matchup ever again. Yep. <laughs> That's the thing. And they're too slow to dictate the matchup. They're too slow. They Morale's not great. They don't have the means to force oh the auto wounds themselves. I'm trying, to think, I'm trying to think of a Renly tool to like take wounds. You'd... Other than like running over stakes. You don't have and... anything easy. Don't I don't think. Uh Obiscus no, points Melisandre's out. Melisandre's side. Right. Right. Martell's rising temperatures and things like this completely shut down the heal engine. Yeah. Red... <laughs> you 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 literally are a seven point four movement, three armor, seven dice on threes. That's all you are. Literally it. You do nothing. You are your stats. Um, and this is a thing I think we'll come back to with champs later on. Um, you're paying for the stats. Okay, three up armor, hit on threes, throw seven dice. Unless those stats are super good, you're not going to do well. Um, all right, we'll move into uh, Targaryens next. Next released, um, we've got the Unsullied, the only two seven point units in uh, the Targ faction. Um, they block on fours. Yeah, I mean. This sounds really weird because I think everybody looks at Pikemen and Swordmasters and says they should be good. They're both like, if you look at both of these units, you look at them and say, yeah, that's not bad and that's not bad. Not really. They just don't work. Yeah. Like the Swordmasters are the epitome of sadness. Like they just we get talked about um torn apart. Talked about Rose Knights. It's seven dice on threes, but it's naked. There's no keywords. Targaryens also have this problem where they have no keywords. They have precision. Which is okay. And that's it. Jorah can give them, oh, precision. Okay. You can give um, them you can, fire and blood, you can give them vicious or sundering. With two cards okay. in the deck. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Like, they just no, there's just nothing. There's just kind of vanilla attacks um, for a faction that is 
for a faction that's kind of like a red deck in Magic the Gathering. Like, this faction needs to go across the table and kill its opponent, or it needs to hit and run. And Unsullied do neither of those things. I am going to be fair, I think, and put Sully, Unsullied Swordmasters in the bad category. They just don't do the weight that they should be pulling uh, as the aggressive version. And the Unsullied Pikemen in the situational, but towards the bottom end. I think the Pikemen have play. Obviously, Shield Wall and Set for Charge is nice. Uh, yeah, it's a nice little combo. Yeah. You know, if you don't have the tools to deal with Unsullied Pikemen, it can be a pain in the fucking ass to try and kill them, actually. Yeah, because um, they're, what, four up morale? and uh... Yeah. But if you've got the tools, and good lists have the tools, they're still a bit of a nightmare to remove, but they're not hard to remove. Right, they're not. Let's watch vets. No. And the synergy's just not there. Drogo doesn't support them. Just, yeah. Uh, Greyjoy's in next. Now, I actually think Greyjoy's seven-point units. I mean, Greyjoy's might be suffering, uh, but I want to go jump straight in with the Silenced Men, right? I think the Silenced Men... They are pretty damn good. They're up there with Queensmen. They fill yeah. the same kind of function of this is their Queensmen. You'll notice a trend here. Queensmen, Warrior Sons, Silenced Men. They all become these, this is my unkillable unit, right? This is where I stick my commander. They are going to be in the middle of the board and sit on the center objective and do their thing. Mm -hmm. With Greyjoys, you add in um, you know, Blind Baron, NCU and give them the pseudo resilience. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm... to the last, they have great morale. They have, um, they're just healing good. out the ass because Wendemir. They sundering that the AOE minus negative is massive. Like, that's really important. Don't need vicious on any of your attacks now because you just got it for free. Um, <laughs> You know, and, and, and chat's right. You, they do need the resources to like get to the same level as like Adam Warrior Sons. Um, but they got the tools to get. So there. that's probably why you put them below Warrior Sons. But they have the, they they do have the capacity to be that. Yeah. Uh, just as a as a little look, I mean, Greyjoy is posting sub fifty percent win rate. You know, a couple of these months we're talking like forty seven, slightly up and down, but basically forty seven is a fairly consistent number for win rate and silence men are posting much closer to 50 percent. some months a bit lower but you know you're seeing a lot more 50s 48s 49s they, they are posting better win rates in silence men than the faction as a whole they've got that positive elo one of the only units that have that's i think silence men are very good and if you're going to invest in a seven point unit in Greyjoys, it's silence men that's not to say Greyjoys as a faction don't have other problems they do. <laughs> yeah, they definitely have other problems. Um, um, I'd, I'd be really curious to hear what Mikkel thinks about Silent. I think he loves them. I think they're Mikkel. I think they're one of his favorite units. Yeah. If he's still in chat, do do let us know, Mikkel. Um, Iron Makers. Ah, <sighs> I don't know. I actually think Iron Makers are probably okay. I think they're situational. Yeah. You can get two up armor saves. You have to invest resources to do it. And big rip if it gets switched off. They don't and... have the free cav maneuver like champs do. They don't have the morale that champs have. 
And as well, you can throw Asha yeah. in them to get them buffed up morale, but then you're throwing additional resources and then seven points. Asha Commander is about the only place I see Iron Makers still doing work. Maybe with Balon yeah. as well. Balon can do work with like a, an Iron Maker unit. Yeah, I'm going to put them in the mid tier here. I think they're probably on a par with Kingsmen mm -hmm. in terms of situational. Um, uh, but there, they they are weak and they have like and uh, Evan says it in their chat as well. Like, if you can turn off their their armor, like their plus two armor, you turn the ability off. It's like yeah. rip, like that unit suddenly is just dead in water. Um, I think I think this is kind of where we talk about the difference between preventing damage from even coming in in the first place. Yeah, and healing. You can turn off their armor, so you can push damage through, and as opposed to like other units that you might not be able to, such as units with hardened or units with um, better armor that can't be turned off. Um, Greyjoys have healing to back it up. And I put healing like one step below upfront defenses. Because you have to be able to survive that hit first and for that healing to come to play. But Greyjoys have healing, if nothing else. They have Wendemir. They have Drowned Men. I ran into a double Iron Maker, double Drowned Men list at Gen Con, and I could not kill a unit of Iron Makers. And I even turned off the armor with harsh conditions. Um, yeah. And I couldn't do it. This is the thing. You know, you might have the tools, doesn't always work. I still think, yeah, for me personally, they're just situational. They don't have enough to carry them to be good, but they're not Drash. You know, right. they're not. Next up is Black Tide Chosen. And Black Tide Chosen's a weird one. They have uh, martial training, which we see on one of the best units in the game in the kind of like trains a great ability it really is a great ability um they have dauntless for the heal one on a six morale um their attack profile is like what you'd expect seven dice on three plus and you know kind of like but like this is the thing but we never chosen. see them well in case people don't know and I, i'll appeal to the australian viewers here black tie chosen are picked up in australia quite a lot uh, black tie huh. chosen with Carl, I think it is. Um, I think it's Carl two point attachment or something um, with the plus two stalwart and the auto wound. And they run this as a nine point unit and it makes waves, you know, because it heals. Um, it's got four morale and it's healing every time it passes this panic test or morale test. Um, you can put Asher in there. And make it a five morale unit, and then trigger Warcry and heal more because Dauntless is on morale tests, not panic. Uh, so you can do a lot with that. Um, I think I think they definitely want something else because at a four up six up, that's yeah, not seven point territory. That's that's six point three. So like this is the thing: people say, "Oh, you can make them unkillable," and then it's like, yeah, but like. You can make Silencemen basically unkillable. And they're probably just putting out more damage. And these guys have no pillage synergy. You can't use those pillage cards on them at all because they can't have pillage, because they don't have pillage. They have spread, uh, divide the spoils, which. I think they'd be better in another faction. Yeah. I just don't think they're great in Greyjoys. Yeah. 
I'm going to put them top of bad. Yeah. I don't actually think the unit is bad. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work. Um, yeah. And then Martels and. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, let's put it like this. Sunsphere Royal Guard. Right. If you think of what they are, they're a seven-seven-four on three-plus profile. That's Shadow Tower Spearmen. They come with. Four armor, five morale. That's Shadow Tower Spearmen. They come with set for charge. Hang up. That's Shadow Tower Spearmen. And mm. then they come with shield wall. Oh, sorry. No, they don't have set for charge. They come with martial training and shield wall. <laughs> and Harmon Ulla, as a commander, brings the set for charge tactics card. I think Sunspear Royal Guard are a very, like, perfectly good seven point unit. They are, you, you don't want to, you know, this unit can charge through a bog and take the martial training and go, right, fuck it, let's go. Invulnerable out. I'm giving you, you know, this stuff. I can double down with some of the support tools if I want to. I'm going to do damage. And if you hit me back, I've got the shield wall. I'm going to protect myself. Like, I think this unit is perfectly good. Yeah. I don't. I remembered having a kind of meh reaction to them. But I think it's because I was specifically looking at them with um, Ario Hota, and it's like, okay, they already they already make a vulnerable token. Yeah. So I think that was where that kind of feeling came from. Mm -hmm. But as a unit, yeah. I think it's just a good unit, a very good basic unit. They're the kind of unit, a little bit like some of the Night's Watch stuff, right? In that they give you something that you're happy with. That then incentivizes attachments or commanders that can make it better. Rather than something that is just bad to start with. And then doesn't incentivize any sport spending of extra stuff. Um, lastly, sand skirmishers. The big worry, of course, with the skirmishers was that are they just going to be hunters? I don't think they are. Quick fire, uh, scout openings, very similar to the hunters, but they come with one less morale in trade for one extra armor. That has benefit. But the big thing, they lose swift strike. They don't have the jump in, bounce out, kill everyone, have a happy day. Um, they are probably good, but they are not something you can spam. And if you're comparing them with the Royal Guard, I think they come up just a little bit short. Okay. I think if you're running them, I think they're probably better than Queensmen or Kingsmen. Don't I know if they're so better too. than Vets. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good spot for them. I think you can make them work and they can be very good. I don't think you have more than one of them in the list. Yeah, it's just I haven't played them or against them, so anything I say is going to be so minimal experience with them. They don't have the, the problem is Martels don't have a huge amount of sustain. Yeah, and you know, it's still a relatively squishy unit. So, uh, yeah. Oh, they're and, only four plus in melee. Yeah, that was the Ranger other. hunters are three up in melee. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
that is the seven pointers. Quite a lot in the situational category, which I think is a healthy thing. You know, seven pointers shouldn't just be something you stick in a list and say the list is better. But I think we've been generous to some of those, like the Savage Giant, I think is in there because, you know, it's a tank. It can tank a lot of hits from a lot of things. Uh, and some yeah. factions find it we difficult were, to remove. And... We we're a little generous to probably Giants and... Maybe. And maybe even build a Crossbowman. But I think they have a maybe, place. Maybe, no. Like, the thing is, at seven points, I don't expect to see Mormon Bruisers in good lists. I don't expect to see Brigands in good lists, Dervishes in good yeah, lists, Vanguards, yeah. Spearmen, Bone Lords, Swordmasters Chosen. None of these things are appearing in lists at events. Never mind even good lists, right? These things just simply shouldn't be appearing in lists. They're not good. Whereas at least the other ones can appear in lists. We had a double Swordmasters in our tournament last weekend. And how well did it do? Sixth, seventh place. Yeah, not well then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it was twelve. Was it twelve man that you played? Eleven. 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 Right, okay. was... Um. So yeah, bottom half. Yeah. Which I know is yeah. you know player more than list based, but yeah. Okay. And now we move on to. I mean, that's only three and sixty. That was an hour, give or take. Uh, should we move on to eight points and get them done in 45 minutes? All right, let's, we'll try. <laughs> this is quite the episode. They always are. Uh, eight point units. There are less of these, and we can kind of do a few of them together. Uh, so we'll start off with our neutrals. We've been fairly consistent with this. Uh, an eight point neutral unit that's pretty good. Blade Men? Blade Man, yeah, Blade I think they're good. good. They're, they're good. <laughs> uh, if anyone knows, uh, well, most people here will know Sir Jacob of Glace. Um, he said earlier on uh, in the stats channel, um, "Flayed Man, Flayed Men are bad in a lot of lists. Like in Martels, they're just bad." To which hmm. I responded with, "That's that's pretty controversial opinion." Um, yeah, what makes them bad in Martels? Well, then his next line probably encapsulates this the best. To be fair, I absolutely do not know how to play Flayed Men. Now, he's a free free player, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I was like, well, there you go. That's where you think it. And then Littlefinger, uh, Dean, uh, absolutely just, just nails exactly what Flayed Man were, are. You just smash into shit and watch it die. Or you tie shit up and watch it die. <laughs> Either way, shit dies. <laughs> yeah. There uh, another, oh, there is one other neutral. There is another neutral. <laughs> um, I can't honestly, like, I cannot honestly sit here and say to anybody that thinks the Golden Company crossbowmen are good and be honest with them and say, no, they're just not, right? Yeah. Like, people so, say, oh, but I use them really well. I'm getting use out of them. And I go, I don't care. They are objectively bad. Like, I think, like, the one thing they have going for them is Sentinel. Yes. And even that, like, let's say you take the crossbows to unlock the elephant. Then you can't use the Sentinel to its full capacity because you have to keep them in range of the elephant so you can't use a sentinel to get around a flank and do something clever because then you're like oh i have to keep it in range of the elephant so the elephant can actually activate and do something yeah 
These guys are just trash. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, honestly, like, if anyone sits here and tells you that they're good, they're not good. Uh, these are the worst eight-point unit in the game. Caveat. Um, Starks up next, going back to our Tully Cavaliers, and I think it would be fair to say Tully Cavaliers are pretty damn good. They're pretty damn good. Pretty damn good, and they need to be good, right? Tully Cavaliers appear in a lot of Stark lists. People basically say, I could run a nine activation Eddard, or I could run an eight activation and put a unit of Tully Cavaliers in there. I say run the nine. They say run the Tully Cavaliers. They're a good unit. I can't believe they're five up armor either. The um, oh the crossbow company crossbows. I thought for yeah. sure they'd be four. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There we are. Since we're talking lancer units, let's just throw up Knights Castle Rock too. Yep. They're also good. Yeah. Uh, I Knights of Castle Rock. I am going to say are good, but I'm going to ha- caveat them. They're worse than Tully Cavaliers, okay. and they are borderline situational. Simply because Flame Men exist. And the deck just doesn't support Castle Rock enough. True. Um, They they were my favorite unit in the game back in the day. Um, Then 2021 update happened. uh, And I started playing Baratheons more and Lancers less. But I love I love that unlike Tully Cavaliers, they are like a wholly self-sufficient unit, right? Yep. Holy Cavaliers are like, oh, we're this Alpha Strike piece, this heavy hitter, but we're also kind of a support piece. We want to stay near the other units so that they get the emboldened bone benefit. Whereas like Ninth Castle Rock, like they're gonna go do their own thing. They're gonna hit something. If something hits them back, they have Lannister Supremacy, which is a nice little extra thing to have on the top. The big the big issue though, Lannister Supremacy is actually like bad on the cavalry unfortunately yeah only two yeah if you if you don't lose a rank but you do have that one rank is more durable than one infantry it's a six rank as opposed to a four rank. you do but even then anything that's seriously taking these eyes on either you're tying it up with a unit in which case you've already made the decision that you're probably not removing a rank and thus are willing to take that lancer supremacy check You've decided that, I think, ahead of time. Or you're hitting it with a unit of Tully Cavaliers, in which case <laughs> you've set up a war cry and you're going in, well, these guys are going to fucking hurt. <laughs> um, yeah. Nah. Tully Cavaliers are borderline situational. Sorry, the Knights of Castle Rock are borderline situational. Um, I think Tully Cavaliers might be better than Flayed Men. In Starks. In Starks. You know, if we just okay. if you're gonna run it, you probably run Tully Cavaliers, maybe two Tully Cavaliers instead of two Flayed Men first, I think. I think if you're gonna run a one of it's the Flayed Men. If you're running a three Cav list. Um I do mix in there. Yeah, I think you're more inclined to take two Flayed Men in in Lannister than you are I think this is a good problem to have. I think Lance before season one wasn't didn't have the appeal that people no. wanted, and I think after the season one update, it's like okay, now Lancer units are up there with Flayed Men, and it's not a clear choice to take Flayed Men every time. Like no. now, it's like oh, oh, do you want the Cavaliers? Do you want Flayed Men? Um. The next Lannister unit is going here. 
I mention the name for the sake of the podcast. That is the Castle Rock okay. Honor Guard going in the bad Be- category. Below the crossbows or above yes. the crossbows? <laughs> um, I I think I agree because I think at the very least the crossbows have long range. And, and ranged range. is good. Ranged is good. I picked up a box and I played three games with them. So what, the crossbowmen or the honor guard? The honor guard. So I had to say, like, okay, I have to actually play it or I shit all over it. And they didn't do anything. <laughs> yes. Even, yeah. even, I even I even had, like, you know, the perfect situation where I had an enemy with all three tokens on. Did the setup. And it's like, this isn't hitting any harder than Warrior Mountains Sons would men? hit. Mountains <laughs> men. I'm, what, what am I spending these points on? Um, <laughs> like they're just shite. I, I, so bad. Some people have been saying that they're good and they're getting play out of them. No, I refuse to Where? believe that. Where? Who? Like, tell me their name and I'll tell you who's a liar. <laughs> They're just terrible. Please, for the love of God. I mean, me and Carlo spent a long time talking about just how bad these guys are. What if they were six points, as they are, and they were a Tywin commander-only unit? He still wouldn't take them, because Tywin's a bag of shit as a commander. <laughs> so, I mean, like... <laughs> this is the thing, like, these are... I, I, if these were five points, I might consider them. If they're six points, they might be pretty okay. Like, okay. These guys are still garbage at seven. The fact that... The fact that you are comparing this unit at four movement and defensively one morale better than Knights of Castle Rock and you're comparing them in the same points category as Knights of Castle Rock before we even consider that yeah, flayed men even, are an option. You don't even have to cross-faction comparison. You can just look at Knights of Castle Rock. I'm like, that's what an eight-point unit should be. And then you have Honor Guard. Like... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that... <laughs> Uh, I think that's uh, it. That is the best description <laughs> we could come up with. Uh, now we move on. Uh, <laughs> tune in next week when I've regained my brain again. No, um, yeah, they're just terrible. Don't run Knights of Castle Rock on a guard for the love of God. Please. Where's Carlo when you need him? I need a hot Carlo take. <laughs> Oh, God. Right, anyway, let's recover from that and let's look at Night's Watch 8-point units, of which there is one! <laughs> Stone thrower. The problem is, right, I'm going to put the night... I'm going to put the situation... I'm going to put it here, right? Okay. The the stone thrower might be bad. I actually think it probably is bad nowadays. Now that Offal's lost his abilities and stuff, the stone yeah. thrower can't pull its weight. But I know that everything. I mean, it chat, is auto-wounds... <sighs> Yeah. And I know that Evan's in chat, and Evan's like, Fargo with a stone thrower, attack three or four times around, kill whatever you want, stone throwers are There amazing. you go, Ooh. situational. 
Uh, I think it's a piece of trash. But I'm going to be honest. I need to put it in the situational category. But it's in Night's Watch, which makes it good. And as, as if by request, chat is now filled with Stone Thrower OP. Yes, there we go. Top tier, number one. Numero uno. No. <clears throat> we don't listen to the cries of the people. We rule with an iron fist, Mickey. We do. Mailed in maneuverability and cavalry. Um, <laughs> Speaking so, of cavalry... <laughs> Should we just put champs in the stack up there now? Like, like... Uh, all of the cavalry are just yeah. up there. Like, I guess uh, we'll come back to Blood Riders later. But... <laughs> Frozen Shore Bear Riders have a problem where at 8 points they are worse than most of the other cavalry at 8. Mm. And they don't really they have, have much. They have extra wounds. Yeah, 16 instead of 12. Right? That's neat. Kinda. Yeah. They're, they're, just... they're situational. They're, they're above stone throwers. We'll just say that. <laughs> the problem, the problem with this, the, uh, the the frozen shore bear chariots is actually like they only really synergize with one commander, two commanders if you count rattle shirt and the great walrus. Um, they're just not better than what you're running at four points in the likes of chariots and raiders and trappers to do what you need to do. Um, they need your grit to be even better. They have a range attack, which is basically pointless. Um, they are not a good unit. Uh, they don't work. They don't synergize with the faction. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to put them down into bad. Okay. I would never run them in a competitive free throw list. Ever. At the at the current time, whereas the next unit, I think is good, and I think it's one one. I think he's good enough to run. I think he's really, I think he's situational actually for free folk, but he's top end. I don't think you run one one in every list. I think Tormund Raiders does the job better for the for the Warcry aspect, and then there's other tools that give you crit blow sundering and stuff like that. But one one's not bad. One one in a giant list is almost a necessity, and then you move into technically the special one because he's not eight points; he's nine. The only nine-point unit in the game, Mag the Mighty. He's going to go with good. the eight-point units though. He's pretty fucking good. Yeah. yeah, I I actually think that Mag the Mighty. I mean, he's a nine-point unit. He should be good in the eight-point category. He's, yeah, but he's Makes probably sense. one of the best units in the game. Flat out. He has counters. He gets killed. But yeah. Boy does he hit hard. He is the definition of all random deathmatch, run it down mid. I'm gonna run Mag at you, and unless you have a solution, he's gonna kill at least one unit. And that unit that he kills is it doesn't matter what it costs. Like there's Aside from Adam Warrior Sons, which it finds very difficult to deal with, it basically kills literally any point value unit in the game. <laughs> yeah. Bob uh, one shot full health unit of Rose Knights with Mag at Gen Con. So. That's a thing. Tells you what you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm guessing he did it with uh, Crit Blow or There's Too Many. So, one of those. I don't yeah. know. I have to ask him. Yeah. Um, 
And then we move on to uh, Baratheon. And you get the lovely champions of the SAG, which we've already mentioned. Champs OP, best unit in the game. <laughs> I do think they're probably better than Flavemen inside Baratheon. I think... Yeah, so I'm biased. I think they fulfill different roles. I think they're both great at what they do. They're great at being a tanky unit. They're even pretty decent offensively now that they get those vulnerable tokens when they're engaged. Um, they they really want... What puts them over the top is the battle endurance or the tactical approach. And if they don't have those... I had a at the tournament. I used ours as the fury to give them plus one to hit, and I was engaged. I'm rolling seven dice, hitting on twos with crit low and vulnerable token, and I rolled five ones. It can happen um, for a unit that's grindy, that in a faction that doesn't have access to rerolls while engaged. You know, they can only get rerolls from charging. They're still limited. They're still, you know, we could talk about four speed. Yep. You can talk about auto wounds existing. You can talk about you're paying eight points. So activation advantage is not possible. But I'm, I can't say they're not good. Great. Yeah. But I don't think they're OP. No, I don't think they're OP. I don't, I, the problem is at eight points these kinds of units should be good. Mm -hmm. like, and they all have weaknesses, you know, and they all yeah. have ways of catching them out and beating them. I think if you... <sighs> Look, Champions of the Stag, again, like a run-it-down mid-type unit, it's just yep. going to walk down at you. you. Yeah, you can't just walk around its flank easily. It can turn around and a hit free you. Maneuver, yeah. yeah. It, it, you don't just think you can just kill this unit by taking it on head-on in a fight. Because it just wins most brawls. If you do that, you're going to have a bad time. But out activate it, get into its flank, charge it in the flank, tear it to shreds. You know, I, I only I said it last week. I saw Dan play against Carlo the other week, and Dan just had a unit of Cranagman trappers walking away from a unit of champions, champions of the Staggle game, and it was doing shots, forcing a tests, and. It would roll three or four dice, and nearly every single time it was rolling a one. Just one wound. Then it was having to do a panic test, and it was failing them. Mm. I saw a five-point unit. I think it had an attachment in it, maybe. Um, but with traps, just five-point unit took apart Champions of the Stag slowly. Dan yep. lost the game, right? Dan lost the game on the other flank. But Dan had... the He had a 35-point list advantage against Carlo's 32 point list mm -hmm. and on this flank he lost with Champions of Stag the Champions have scored a couple of victory points but you know they died in the end and they it was not a great trade for Carlo it was the fact that Carlo won on the other side of the board when he was in a points deficit that won mm -hmm. in the game and that's because it was two Stark Bowmen against two Lightbringers and Lightbringers with a splash panic fucking ruined Stark Bowmen so yeah um. Yeah. Stark bows need five up armor at least. Yeah. Six up. So, uh, 
yeah, you know, champions like really aren't OP. They just have different tools to take them on. Um, they have different tools and different weaknesses. Yeah. I think people just aren't accustomed to, like we've talked about it, almost every single anti-armor unit in this game. Pyros, Great Axes, yep. fucking Stone Throwers. They're just not these popular units right now. No. And I can't... I can't blame someone for not enjoying a unit or not wanting to run a unit, but if you know that you're likely to see champs and then you're opting not to take your tools that can adequately deal with champs, then I don't have anything for you. Yeah. Rip. Moving on. Um, Stagnites. Stagnites. I am going to be very generous here. Like, the giants are a little bit... Like, I don't think the giants are that good we talked about before because they don't have the free maneuver. They're too easy to get around and things like that. But they just do a lot for what they do. Stagnites, I am really borderline going to put them in the bad category. Um, okay. They work well with Elden and other things where they just become unkillable units of yep. mass that walk down the middle. They don't drop mm -hmm. off. They get better and better and better. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that, like, they can be killed. There are ways of killing them. Yeah, they can double be, tap them. Yeah, they can be got around the flanks and the rear relatively Four easy. Four saves. Yeah. Um, five, five morale, which is, like, bog standard nowadays. Like. Yeah. I mean, they should be five if they're an eight-point unit. They're going to be, like, an elite unit. Mm -hmm. um, but they suffer that... I talked about this earlier in the episode. For anyone that stuck around this long, they telegraph. Your opponent knows roughly how far they can move. You know when their abilities kick in. You know if you're going to... You can decide, am I going to blow this unit up before they get ramped up, or am I going to avoid them? And they, don't, they really don't hit that hard until rounds five and six. No. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I, I'll say we'll see. I don't think Stagnites are good. I don't either. Uh, the cav, cav movement is just so important uh, at eight points. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna take an eight point infantry unit instead of a cavalry unit, it needs to be a fucking great infantry. And don't get me wrong, Stagnites are nearly there. The, but nearly. the problem is, like, when do you see that? Like, they basically only get run. Specifically with Elden, mm -hmm. they don't appear in the Courtney version of the list because you're better off just putting Courtney and Wardens and giving more actions to Champions of the Stack. Yep. They don't appear in the Loras side because Loras likes the Thornwatch style stuff. Um, and and they're five, five movements, not terrible. No. Fast for Baratheons. Yeah. But yeah, I think Loras would rather have. Yeah. Um. Targaryen. Now, Targaryen, we have the dragons, and I'm just going to straight up say that the dragons are not bad. <sighs> Rhaegal's the best one. I don't even know anymore, man. I... <laughs> dragons are anti-armor pieces, and they're not good against the one faction where armor matters. They're okay against Baratheon. They don't hit hard enough. No. It's old pyros. 
Old Pyro is being capped at six, and Dragons do how many? It's ranks plus one. Ranks plus one. So three. Not a cav unit. Uh, followed Four by a vicious it. panic test, you know. Yeah. Which for most things is testing like what takes them from five or six to like seven, eight. Um, it's a real struggle. They're, they're, they're too think, easy. I, I, they're too easy to kill. Yeah, yeah. Everything they're here. Fours. Everything here. You know, certainly the stuff at the pier. Flayed men have not a terrible chance of killing dragons. Yeah. <laughs> You're taking I mean, them around. What I had to use back in the day against dragons before season one. Taking a morale test at so minus three. Man and... Suddenly testing on a five. Mm. You know, and you're taking plus one wound. Like, that's perfectly available. Like, yeah, I mean. Precision will still fit. Yeah. Even if they have fire made flesh. I think the changes to mod should have been it. And they. Sh they should have left the dragons alone. Which is like blasphemous for a Baratheon player to say. <laughs> but then they're, they're not a but solid they're, they're not a viable option, right? You don't see them anymore. They're not viable. I don't think that they're we see dragons in a one of, right? And we've seen map uh, like, it's just remind Maybe people. maybe you know, and this is like, you know, now we're pitching ideas out. Give them six attack dice, hitting on threes. And those are auto wounds. So let, Make them like pyros, but they're more mobile. They're more mobile than pyros. Mother of dragons in all of season one has seen a total of sixty games. I think I've played more than sixty games in season one. What's her win rate? The average win rate it for fluctuates. Season uh, for season one, forty-five percent. There's some months where it's really high, but. Like overall win rate because it's low number of games, like five games, and she won four of them that month. Like that's mm -hmm. just terrible. Why is someone getting played five times in a month? Um, she's on a downward decline. Net, yeah. Um, my dragon not good. Dragon not good. Killed by lash out. Yeah, there's all kinds of other things that just fuck them over. Oh man. Yeah, we can put them bad. But Rhaegal is the best one. I actually think Drogon might still be, because the, the panic token at least synergizes with his own damage output. Yeah, but I mean, it's already a vicious attack, right? Yeah. A lot of times that's just like winning more. Whereas like Rhaegal helps with their weak one of their weaknesses, which is they're kind of squishy. <sighs> yeah. And then Viserion's great. Viserion should be better because it feels like it should support the other units, but you just don't give a shit because you've just lost the other hard hitters. Um, all right then. Drogo's Blood Riders. Well, I'm... people were really upset with our Screamer placement earlier, but Screamers hit harder than Blood Riders. I am just going to straight up say I think Drogo in Flayed Men is a better unit. Oh, of course. Yeah. I rarely see a position. And here's why. Warcry does not help their own damage output. Yeah. 
because if you compare them with flayed men talking about drogo the reason you want a vulnerable is to force through wounds against a unit you wouldn't otherwise wound or do more damage but you're drogo you did a wound anyway you don't give a shit like they're taking a panic test it's guaranteed panic test on anything in the game that you attack anything And then you're like, oh, but I had a panic token. Yeah, so you made like a 4 plus morale. A 4 plus morale. I'd much rather it be a guaranteed 7 plus, mi a seven plus minus 3 plus 1, sorry, for like a 7 plus 1 wound than a 4 plus with a reroll. Like, I'm sorry, but Flayed Men are just better than Drogo's Blood Riders. Sure, Warcry can support something else, but I'm just going to say it straight up. If they need you're something offensive added. Well, just if you're taking Drogo as a support piece for something else in your list, then what are the fuck are you doing with Drogo Commander? Because Drogo Commander is entirely about Drogo putting in work. Yeah. You're actively saying, I'm going to play my list badly to make my list function. To which point I just say, well, make a better fucking list then. I think, and it seems ridiculous, I know that Carlo's been running Blood Riders more often, I know he ran them in the US. I think the, the Blood Rider combo list that he ran with the Flame Men is actually straight up worse than his veteran inclusion, and I'm going to straight up put Blood Riders down here. Oh. I think they're a bad unit. I, I, I think they're a bad unit. They're survivable. They're too survivable when they had Fueled by Slaughter. Yep. I think we can agree that was right that that went away. They need something offensive. Yep. Uh, the actual crazy thing, and this is kind of like where I sit with it, because Drogo and the plus one wound, Drogo's Blood Riders, um, seven dice with plus one wound, Takes them to an 8 wound output. And against most units a panic fail. Because there's no increase in damage in Targ. Takes it to an 11 wound attack. I know. Factually. I can put a unit in front of Drogo. And it will never die in one attack. Ever. And that's a problem. And in Kriplo with Blademan. It can die. I cannot. presence. Exactly. I cannot guarantee that my unit is going to survive. Yeah. If I can guarantee that a unit is going to survive, as and this is how I like play a lot with Free Folk, I know that I can stick a unit of Wardens in front of Drogo, and it's going to buy me time. I know that. Factually, it is going to happen. I think and Wardens you can play in front around of... it. Yeah, you I can think, make... you know, stick in front of most things, Wardens should buy me time. But it's a guarantee. That's a problem. That is a big problem. I think if Drogo Bloodriders ran 8 dice. And like an 8-6 or even an 8-7. That might genuinely be enough. To make them me warrant them over Flayman. Big shame. Big shame. Big sad. And then Drogo uh, Dothraki veterans. They're good. 
they suffer a little bit in the auto hit meta i'm going to rate them situational in that sense they do need something like jura support um they are very they're very close to being up here yeah I, I, they can get volume attacks out yeah i i think they're very i think dothraki veterans are very good and i think that specifically you know if i talk about like the are they, are they four plus list. to hit on the ranged yes okay and losing the rerolls from battle under yeah. Okay. yeah so you have to get you have to generate the rerolls with jora which mm. is why i mean i said it the other week right i like the jora combo with veterans because it's a telegraphed combo right it's a combo that's good but allows counterplay and as you a result, the precision on the range attack, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. Uh, that's purely it. Uh, that should be happy. We advocated pretty hard for Targaryens this episode. I know, right? I I do think Targaryens are in a difficult spot. Yeah, and then saying saying you aren't rating specifically made combos, but Jorah is basically a staple. Again, I think been... that's what bumps it from good to situational. Yeah. Is that the unit alone isn't necessarily good on its own, but the combo is there, and it's an obvious combo. It gets used all the time, but the unit itself needs it to work. You can't just put veterans in a list and it'd be amazing. Although I do think veterans are pretty damn good. Um yeah, if for nothing else, they get to attack twice. Yeah. Ranger Hunter. There we go. Three more tier lists done. Uh, nearing four hours, Jesus we did... Christ. Yeah, I can't believe we did six, seven, and eight. I know, right? Definitely should have done that in more than one episode. But Rip, I'm an <laughs> idiot, and I don't care about my life, apparently. So, uh, we will uh, we'll round that up here. Um, Kurt, have you got any kind of like... Uh, Things you wanted to discuss or anything that extra you wanted to go through today? Oh my goodness. Um, we had a tournament in Kansas City and it was decent. Um, <laughs> That's a, uh, first, first, first place got a pretty cool mug or stein, mm -hmm. Game of Thrones themed. I should have taken a picture. I didn't. I'm sorry. Um, and then we're having a mini con 18th September, which will be like thematic battles. So we're going to. And we're going to do 2v2s. We'll have the Battle at the Wall, so two Freefoot players versus two Night's Watch players. And then we'll do the Battle of the Blackwater, so two Lancer players versus two Baratheon players. And nice. um, we'll have unique win conditions. So, like, you get a victory point if you batter down the Mudgate, or you get a victory point if the Hound is still alive at the end of the battle. Are but you going to do... Use... Um... Like you do like a wildfire trick with Tyrion, then the hound automatically runs away. So you have to like weigh if that's worth it for you or not. Are you going to do the thing where like there's a Stannis side back Battle of the Blackwater, like there's a Stannis side Brathian player, and then there's a High Garden player, uh, like on the same team, um, like to try and represent uh, the Garden yeah, so, Tyrell tile well, resurgence? So, right. We were talking about that. Like, what would be the best combination of commanders? Right. Yeah. So Stannis will be one of them. Um, and then maybe Davos. Okay. And then on the Lannister side, it's like, okay, do we do Tyrion and then Tywin? Because Tywin doesn't show up till the end with... Oh, you, um, you've got to do Ty Tyrion and Joffrey, so I'm thinking, surely. I'm thinking Tyrion and Joffrey. Yeah. And then, um, 
like maybe there will be like some units off to the side that'll be Tywin's army with like a couple of riders of Highgarden mixed in, maybe. Okay. Okay. Love to hear it. Obviously, send me pictures. Uh, I'd love to see yeah. stuff like that. So uh, I really hope that goes well. Uh, and obviously, congratulations to the winner of your event as well. Uh, I am Funafuti, uh, who won with Ica, his watch. He just started playing like two months ago, and mm -hmm. he has meteorically improved as a player. It's been a sight to behold. Um, he beat me. Uh, and, you know, Night's Watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. With Flayed Man. But no, um, all, 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 all credit to him. He did a, he, he played a great tournament, so. Good stuff. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. Uh, all right, then. Um, other events coming up, then. Let's have a little look. Yeah. Uh, we've got... Coming up this weekend, Kazan Autumn Havoc. That'll be happening in Kazan, which is, I believe, Russia nowadays. I don't think it's Ukrainian. Uh, yeah, Kazan in Russia. Um, we've got an event happening in Krom. They run quite a few events. That's in Gdansk, Poland. Uh, we've got an event in Reno, uh, Nevada. And great to see that. A small event there in Game Castle. Um, uh, an event happening in Valencia, Spain. Uh, uh, the Antonio uh, Valencia um 20 player event that'd be quite interesting to watch and one happening in pescara uh, italy mm, interesting another italian group popping up love to see it love uh, to see we've it. got reckon Thron on sunday with no details mystery event uh <laughs> and i'm probably i think attending this event in uh in redka uh near me um in the UK, uh, gaming figures, a uh, small event there. So a small event. I think they've got 17 players, last I checked, signed up. Um, so I'll probably be going to that one uh, as well. So that's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven events happening this week and this weekend. Obviously, the ongoing Adopticon ELO event is still going on. Um, all the various other things. Are you playing in the ELO? I'm not playing. No, no. I've donated, but... I don't really enjoy playing on TTS that much. Nothing against, um, you know, all the work that Bartender did. Mm -hmm. um, set up a great system. I just, I prefer playing in person. Nothing wrong and with that. It's like how I like to do it. So, Hey, a lot of the guests, you know, Jasper and the likes of that, they will prefer it. And there's nothing wrong with it. You know, the in-person gaming cannot be replaced. Yeah. Um, uh, another note, just quickly on behalf of Leet Teddy. Um, there is, I believe, one or two tickets up for grabs. Uh, no, four tickets on the LGT for the LGT uh, up for grabs going up on the web store tomorrow. I will drop the link in chat. Uh, if anyone wants to uh, get a ticket to the LGT and has, doesn't have one, there are four tickets going up on sale tomorrow. Uh, are you guys uh, outside those four tickets? Are you guys sold out? Yeah, yeah basically. Um, how many? How many did that put you to? Minimum wise, one hundred and twenty-four. Um, we we've put four out because we want to have a small window of extra sales. We're cupping. We're expecting a couple more dropouts. Um, mm -hmm. So we're actually uh, expecting slightly less than that. Probably we'd like to get one hundred and twenty-eight. The important thing for us is one hundred and twenty-eight on the day. So. You know, if we can sell a couple more tickets, we'll be very much 
happy to feel that we'll be on 128 on the day. Um, yeah. Which will be amazing. Uh, largest event ever for a song by Sapphire. Um, and, uh, and we'll see if the event in Bordeaux in France can top that. Um, we'll see how that ends up going. So, yeah. versus the French. I know, right? Uh, uh, Tales so, all this time. We will talk about that. Obviously, the run-up to the LGT is pretty... It's this month, you know, basically the end of this month. So I'll start doing prep and stuff for that as well, playing a few more games, just thinking about the game a lot more, um, getting games in, stuff like that. Um, Are you playing in the LGT? I am playing in the Invitational and in the main event. Okay. So I'm going to be playing four games, four games, three games. Eleven games every three days. Carlo's not playing in it. He's no. like Full-on runner. Yeah. No, eleven games over three days. It's going to be crazy. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, lots of yeah. things coming up for that. Yeah. Well, good luck to you, Mickey. Thank you very much. Well, I'm sure we'll talk between now and then. But yeah, uh, appreciate that, Kurt. And... Uh, We've got one last thing before we sign out for the day. It's an easy one. Zero pressure. Is it a zero? It might be a zero. Shall we have a little look at these boys? <laughs> so if anyone recognizes the elk, this is actually, we've rated the elk before, I believe, on Tony Ground. Uh, we've rated the elk before, but we've also got now a Cold Hands miniature model alongside it. This is from uh, Pioggia as he is on Discord. Uh, absolutely lovely guy. Um, and yeah, really keen <laughs> on a lot of things. Um, and running his events and uh, like really propping up his community uh, as well, trying to get it off the ground. And he's done a great job there. Um, and yeah, great to see him continue painting. Uh, cold hands for me, solid zero. Oh, solid zero, yeah. I like how he's got the um, blue eyes for the elk. Mm -hmm. It's a lovely, lovely piece. Um, and with that, we'll be done for the week. Did it. We did it. It's only three hours and 57 minutes. Thank you, people who stuck around the whole time. <laughs> uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this uh, episode. Uh, I think people enjoy this kind of tier stuff. Maybe Carlo will be back next week and we'll talk about something a bit less extreme. Or maybe we'll talk about some more extreme stuff. I never know with Carlo. We'll find out. I don't know. <laughs> he, can, he can tear into all of our Lannister rankings that we got wrong. Yeah, they should all have just been bad. <laughs> uh, thank you very much again, Kurt, for joining me. And uh, obviously, thank you for having me. Best of luck in all your games and in the future. Um, and we'll have you on again, hundred um, percent. And yeah, to everyone else, have a good weekend. Enjoy your games, and take it easy. Ready? Aim. There's too many. Anyone see my mammoth? Oh! Stop it!